The following presentation of the Eric McKenna Project is sponsored by no one. Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. These are really funny people. <laughs> I'm the least funny person you ever want to meet. It's early though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? Comedy doesn't start till like seven. I've sucked down like two Yetis of coffee yeah. and like listened to every pump up jam in the car oh. on the way here. And Does comedy yeah. have hours? Yeah, oh, we're going by the way. Well, so we just got. I think it depends oh, on. Uh, <laughs> what part of comedy i mean it's yeah i mean it's it's there i think if you look at it holistic, can that be related to the dating experience uh, yeah. yeah 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 do you want a breakfast show slash date <laughs> what does that mean? you're on your best behavior for go. the coffee yeah. date yeah. best yeah. behavior for the coffee date worst behavior for the bar date yeah mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing i mean i don't know anything about i mean i date my wife that's all that I, yeah so the dating game for me these two are not so. ones to ask about the dating yeah, no. world. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that was so long ago i've, I've forgotten you know old brain i i I once in a while you get jarred though you'll see like you hear a story or some guy lamenting about something you're like oh yeah i remember that craziness thank god i'm not doing it anymore (laughs) most certainly hey thanks y'all for doing this right on really appreciate it i gave them fair warning that i'm the least funny person in the world but i am fascinated by comedy i don't know how that works i guess it's because the things you don't understand you get fascinated by so uh to fix that problem i bring funny people in yeah. I hope yeah. we're fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're like, all like on the spot right now. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah I do a silence. <laughs> they like, I got real scared. Oh, like, oh. did I bring the wrong people? Did no, they, like, you're good. Show you're good. Here? No, I think that I think it's interesting because your background's in music, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yep. there, there is a, there's definitely a thread of thinking that musicians want to be comedians, mm-hmm. and comedians would love to be musicians. Why is that? Mm-hmm. That's some but acting the same thing. It's like that whole triad. Mm-hmm. They all want to yeah. do what the other's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I never wanted that. Acting was always fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And I met uh, through the guitar years a couple actors, some big ones. No, I won't, won't name drop it. It was I didn't meet them in terms of friendships, but uh, situationally. And they were just not the smartest, small little group of people that I had met. Oh. I found the, mm-hmm. the musicians and some of the comedians just so much more witty and just like oh, okay. surprising. Now some of the some of the musicians were sometimes maybe maybe under the influence stoned yeah. you know, maybe a little bit so the intelligence wasn't very I mean, prevalent. I, that's comedians. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. Don't uh, don't don't. Now, don't come on now, get oh, no, you opened up a can of worms. Is, is it? Hey, mm. would Pink Floyd the Wall have been written without? 
LSD. Yeah. Well, I think it. I think it. I mean, boy, we're going somewhere here. Um, <laughs> That's what we do. Right on. <laughs> you didn't warn yeah. them. You didn't warn them. Wait, can we at least introduce these people before? Well, we... I was coming to you for that. Oh, right we yeah. don't really introduce anybody on this show, but right. yeah, but I'll come to you for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you so arranged this whole shindig for me. I did. This is all my fault. Um, I asked. <laughs> That's a rather depressing way to look I out of the gate. Jason Clark to come and Beth Getches to come because without these two, I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing. Uh, and they are very um, instrumental in my comedy, and I wanted to share yeah. their wealth of knowledge. Well, I'm glad that you're sharing. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, we thank you, uh, yeah, Sarah, for opening the door for us. I guess. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That was yeah. a weird moment where it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah okay. there was a little bit of complexity and formality to the show that we generally don't have. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Esmo. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> okay, so, so, okay, so you, you know Sarah from this perspective, right? You, you yes. got her on the I show. I only know this perspective, so I'm dying to know more what, of this perspective. What you, what you just got there, that's what Sarah will – she's going to be like, you know what? This I'm going to take charge right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, and it's in a in a way that is, that that. Want to change seats? No, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it is absolutely one of the most endearing qualities that she has. That when I first met her, I immediately was like, there will be nothing that stops this individual accomplishing whatever they want to do. It's and, true. Oh, hey, it's right? true. Right? Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> so, so that's that, why I you think, brought us here, I think Sarah. She's blushing over there. <laughs> Stop. I mean, Tell I, me more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, Jason. I mean, Beth, I mean, it, it, it is. It's a mm-hmm. quality that is just, it, it, it makes me want to be better. It wants mm-hmm. me to to be able to provide anything I can as a tool. And I've learned, and I learned more from her than, than she could ever imagine over this relationship that's that crazy we've had. That's crazy well, I, I mean, I think that's how it should, it should work. I yeah. mean, I, I've learned a whole different perspective of how to um, go about um, a lot of different things. And Sarah's been like, that's great to have her as somebody that- You do realize last me. time she was with me, she said she had no idea what she was doing. She was just yeah. doing stuff. <laughs> 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 completely still applies. <laughs> I am just yeah. doing stuff and loving every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, uh, I guess I have to somewhat steer the conversation here in terms of ideas and so yeah. forth. I don't know. I'm yeah. not good at it, but we're going to do it. Because it's all it's conversational all based here. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't you tell them anything? Jeez. No. No, it was good. That's I, the way we want to be. That could yeah. be good. No. That could be good. Yeah, no, I didn't really. <laughs> just show up. Beth was like, do we need talking points? And I was like, no. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's the best yeah, part that's of the Three team. people Me. in comedy, they want talking points. Like, how would that work anyway? So you wouldn't adhere yeah. to them. I mean, that's I just I would Beth. give them to yeah. you, but you would, never, yeah. you would never use them. That's just Beth's yeah. personality. Yeah. Beth's like the organizational machine behind yes. everything. So. Yeah, it's true. How much of comedy is on the spot improvisation? Generally speaking, generally, because I guess again, obviously, I think the public is very familiar with your your quote unquote. Hate to use this phrase, most famous five, right? Mm-hmm. It's out there in society today, mm-hmm. and, and they go and they do a Netflix special, Amazon Prime special. You know, it's kind of scripted and it's a show, but that's not to me. That's not real comedy. That's more of a show. It's a presentation for the. I mean, you are know. you talking about stand up? Yeah, we have to break comedy. Yeah, into okay. That's the thing. Like when you say comedy, it's an all encompassing yeah, umbrella. It is. Like there's so well, much I more underneath that. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you have and you have 
pretty much all of that represented between the three of us as far right. as yeah. the different mm-hmm. forms where oh, yeah. both stand-ups have both done improv as well um, and then Beth Beth is a is a improviser and you know a theater a theater mm-hmm. actor mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so you're so that question is like how much is improv well do we want to talk about stand-up or because improv is a hundred percent improv we'll start yeah. with Beth yeah. <laughs> Yay. Well, improv is a hundred percent improv. Um, I did not. I, I couldn't have imagined that. Wow. Um, yeah, but I mean, I also like produce with Sarah, um, and we have like a variety show. So there's, and that has like stand up and improv and all sorts of like Nebby sketch bits. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. Nebby neighbors and um, like producing an improv or variety show takes a lot of work on the back end to make it look very good. Oh my god, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. We, I, I think I counted up the hours that we spent in rehearsal last year and like, it was Do it was I want so to know? Much. No. <laughs> yes, I do. How many hours? How many hours? <laughs> um, god. I, I mean, I think it was like we had like 50 nebby neighbors like meetings just us from like counting through so like at least a hundred hours and this is and this is in and this is in preparation for how many hours in preparation for one show and I guess, and, and obviously we're talking online virtual because that's where yeah. it started. And then, then the transition to making it a live stage production. Did you, are they different? Do you feel that they were different completely as far as the hours needing to put into each, each part of it? Yeah. 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 And especially cause like there was a difference when we were trying to figure out what the show was mm-hmm. in the beginning versus like we were trying to make it into a, like a, a product we could duplicate. Yeah. Um, I mean, every definitely, time, it definitely, like, each time. there have been multiple shows since we started that Beth mm-hmm. and I both were like, this is somehow getting easier. Yeah. But there's still different challenges involved. Like, for example, the yeah. show that we have coming up in March, I have already spent six hours on the running order and it's not even done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, eventually hopefully it will be finished and i can give it to beth and she can do her magic (laughs) but it's a lot of that's the thing that people yeah like people don't realize how much work goes into Mm -hmm. it now our show is very complicated Mm -hmm. so i don't think we're like the norm in any parts mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of like tech and like pulling things from next door like mm-hmm. funny posts and stuff and like how to structure that yeah so. video segments i mean you've mm-hmm. had recorded pre-recorded video segments that they've yeah. done i mm-hmm. mean it, it has been the show itself has been so amazing that as we look at what we've gone through in the in the as as society but when we look at it in the world of comedy what happened um when the pandemic you know happened we started out it it was almost instantaneous that our artists said we can do this online it might not be it's we we had to remove expectations or or remember what things were right now i need to perform my art i have to do what i love to do which is entertain people Mm -hmm. and that transition onto zoom comedy and 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 it, it did i in my opinion watching it evolve 
through the leadership of these two individuals right, right. what i seen happen yeah definitely yeah. yeah i mean when we look just surely when we look at that transition and what happened in the amount of volume of of shows that the arcade was putting on virtually and and to see it grow over that time period and learning the tricks and mm -hmm. then the next thing you know you have a performer that's like oh i'm an editor and i know how to do this and yeah. all of these other passions that these artists had tucked away that we did not know existed got exposed got exposed mm -hmm. and was utilized and then now they yeah. felt alive that's very cool mm -hmm. that's very cool yeah it was it was a pretty amazing to watch and and, and, and that was all forced out because of need mm -hmm. right because of the pandemic yeah yeah i mean a lot yeah. for needs on all many so many different levels but mainly i would say as artists it was about our emotional well-being mm -hmm. oh, we yeah. just took something away that that a lot of people can't understand and maybe that's the tie back to the musician you don't know that feeling of that of what that's like going out in front of a live audience and, and eliciting a response from them on something you've created whether it's been hours of work of prep or right then and there improvised in front of you and that was taken away Mm -hmm. And so as emotionally unstable individuals as we are to begin with <laughs> for choosing to want to do this, now you've taken that thing that validated us. Yeah. Yeah. So to see yeah. what what Beth and all of these artists, these improvisers did, and stand-ups, we tried to figure it out, and it just didn't land as well. But why, it was still why, out there. Why do you think there? Why did you think that improv worked where stand-up often failed virtually? I'd like Beth's thoughts on that. Yeah, me too. Um, Coming to you, Beth. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> the pressure's on. Yeah, that's a great um, question. That though. is a good question. Yeah. Oh um, Why, thank you. You're welcome. Once, on, once every four or five months, one just comes around. You know, I'm here, <laughs> I'm here, to, I'm here yeah. to stroke egos, man. I'm here to keep shit together and stroke, we're, stroke we're, egos. We're glad to be a part yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, because I saw some, like, online stand-up shows that were good. I feel mm -hmm. like that was when they had sort of a Zoom audience that they could get feedback from, okay. that's when it worked. Okay. Like, And when it wasn't just like they're sort of hunched over their computer, like they took the time to like light themselves mm -hmm. well. And Made like, it a show. Yeah. yeah. And, and like edited their material so that like they might not get the laughs that they're used to. Like they need to, to treat it more like... Um, it's just going to be an empty room. And then like, if they get zoom laughs, great. Um, and just kind of keep going there. Cause we, we had some stand up on our, mm -hmm. uh, on every one of our online Nebby shows. And like, I feel like they were prepared to do that. And then we also had our cast, like, like, please turn your microphones on yeah. during this moment and like laugh. So they have something. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, seems like it's scary up there alone and then also just in your room yeah. um i think one of the best jokes. ones i i and it, I, it slips my mind of who the comedian was that you had on where they mm. actually or that might have been on the video that we did where stand-ups told jokes remember that video where we mm. did like a stand-up mm -hmm. lunch hour and, yeah, and there was mm -hmm. the one comedian that actually had the Tonight Show background. Oh, so the Brittany Johnny that was Brittany. Brittany had that for... Oh, my gosh, Brittany Alexis. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. it was oh, just, she did the show. Oh, yeah, she's, mm -hmm. she's, she's unreal. And, and, and so th that, Beth, I think, is mm -hmm. spot on 
um, from from that perspective that the the stand-ups the the ones that it came across really well had a little bit of a production value on their mm-hmm. end a little bit okay um, you know we did a we did yeah. a paid Todd Glass show that was one of the only arcade shows that we did that was a ticketed mm-hmm. virtual show because everything yeah. else was just free donate right. if you can right who mm-hmm. then Beth was our development director who was on the back end you know, taking care of all the donations and the money that was coming to help fund um, the, the keep the theater and right. working towards you know staying open survival, and then mm-hmm. and then it was able to transition into getting our artists paid for doing these shows. Got it. Yeah. So Got it. it it really it launched that. But you know, we did Todd Glass, and Todd did it from his studio in in la he has i mean he obviously has a podcast studio like this where it's just and he's got a full stage in there and 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 you know and it it was what it was it was good time and he had fun with it and he but he had it all set up like it was his he was doing a show he wanted it to feel like it was like at the arcade and um so those things worked Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but i think there's also the improvisers they improvise quicker yeah. They pivot mm-hmm. quicker. The mindset. Yeah. They do. They yeah. do. They, they, they are in, 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 in that aspect of complete change. Like, they are actors. They are doing char- the character work that I yeah. was seeing people yeah. do. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. just, that I never seen them do that before. So, the improvised side of it and just being very actor-driven mm-hmm. um, allowed for that to, to translate better to the public, I think. Well, I think, too, would you not agree that being forced to change everything having the world turned on its head i think you and i discussed a little bit it just forced it forced creativity from areas that probably you never knew existed at one point right you know yeah i mean mm-hmm. it's definitely like for our improv group it definitely made us um yeah hey sorry about that no, we, no, once in good. a while we get a little bit of a bump here but uh you know onward That's cool. no onward. it's good um, luckily, if any, if we are improvisers, fluidly. and we can right. just move on. Mm-hmm. That was my point. If anyone would be able to handle that fluidly, it'd be right. the three of you. <laughs> With yeah. good memories, so yeah. we know where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> I don't know. You were talking about yeah. something. Oh, cool. You were Play talking about something. Uh, you were talking about select, um, start, improv. I was talking improv. about improv. select, yeah. start, and improv, and when the world fell apart, mm-hmm. uh, it was really select, start that was you know under Beth's guidance mm-hmm. that we were just yeah. like yeah we're gonna do this and I think mm-hmm. like the freedom of improv allowed us to perform in that space differently than people who do stand up mm-hmm. yeah um, because we actually got to like play with the element of being online whereas the stand up uh, doesn't really do that you know like we took advantage of being in a little square right mm-hmm. for our artwork um, and so much of stand-up is just on you and not necessarily your environment. So we got sure. to play with that online environment in got a it. way mm-hmm. that you don't get to play with it with stand-up comedy. Yeah. And it, and it, what born out of it was then, you know, we figured out a way to um, make that part of our corporate package that we would mm-hmm. book these artists to put on their shows mm-hmm. for corporations because what ended up happening were the the businesses that would be hiring entertainment for their holiday parties or whatever and then right. it, and then it became they wanted to just do something for um for their employees because yeah. they knew that you know they were missing this and they're all now sure. they were working in an mm-hmm. office downtown and now they're all over the place so so those those inquiries started coming 
our way at the arcade and and so i teamed up with these two and like like is at that time beth was my 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 work bestie like we were yeah we were we were we, 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 you know that's and 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 then seeing what she was developing and she was bouncing things back on me and we were just talking through and and then seeing sarah doing her thing and it was like oh we can create a a, a package that you know we could do shows for so i mean we did a few ptas that did like appreciation nights for oh, right their on. students mm-hmm. right on. um and 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 we did um we did the cultural trust mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. a we did an event mm-hmm. with nyu um mm-hmm. oh, yeah. for, for mm-hmm. like 150 nyu students oh, very cool um cmu so and, and and it was able what it was able to do was pay these artists that's right. all i was kept saying right. to myself right. is we are we, we once you give your art away for free it's so hard to then monetize it mm-hmm. and 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 was art that a fear from the beginning of the pandemic for, for me you, you, you all knew you were going to do something but then it was like wait a second we take the revenue out of this then where's the value? The I mean, I didn't value. think I was going to do anything, but I will wow. say that now that I have been paid, <laughs> I will no longer be doing comedy for free. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I capitalism. Was, yeah, I was, uh, I was not expecting anything when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. comedy-wise. Like, yeah. I was pretty sure, like, oh, comedy's for me is over. Wow, you know, because, because she was because you were just so you were so new. I was so going new. into yeah, the pandemic. I, get it. I was only I get it. like maybe six months in. Okay, when the pandemic yeah, hit. Yeah, right. So for me, it was like, oh, okay. Well, here's this thing that I really love, and the Earth is saying no. You know, so when these opportunities came, of course I was going right. to jump on it. Right. You know, because I didn't have really anywhere else to go with it, and and that's um, really where I seen, you know. I've seen such a growth in Sarah's comedy. It was it was almost like kind of shocking how quickly she was taking to comedy um, on so many different levels, not just the the performance and being funny, mm-hmm. but also the back end starting to produce and wanting to understand this business because like this, the mechanics mm-hmm. of it. Because this business is is unbelievable. Yeah, in its I feel layers. like when Beth and I started producing, that's mm-hmm. when things really started clicking and changing for me. Um, just because she has such a strong background in that already, mm-hmm. and you know, so being that sh- like we really kind of work so well together mm-hmm. because our personalities are pretty different okay mm-hmm. um but at the same time they complement each other really well and so she's really the one that kind of like reels me back in <laughs> you know is that um, even possible yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and I, mean, I do the same <clears throat> for her you know okay. in certain things and so learning from her um and putting on that first show and then that show being over and the two of us just being like damn that was good yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's do it again. yeah <laughs> you know and it wasn't until then that i was like my confidence just 
yeah group we did this mm-hmm. we did this we did this show for the cultural trust right and we, we basically <laughs> we created this concept for these shows right you know because we we sort of tested some things out different forms of improv um, game show concept which we had and we used that but that was that wasn't as character driven as the as these shows we put together and the way it worked out is Sarah every time we did these shows had a completely new character that was built on something about the person that the person that hired us yeah Got so it. she would if we Got were doing it. a PTA show she would now be the the principal and she would fire the principal because the principal would be booked on the show with us Got they it. would be on the mm-hmm. screen and, and participating <laughs> um, and then when we did the cultural trust and oh, she, God. They, well, she she'll send you the picture it's so good she it's did so good. She was now uh, took over for Kevin McMahon, the CEO of the Cultural Trust, and uh, she was Andy Warhol's cousin. Cousin who Sandy Sandy, Sandy Warhol and Sandy Warhol, and she looked exactly like Andy yeah. Warhol. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and those were the moments where there. Those were the moments where I was really like, okay, this, Sarah, Sarah's got. <laughs> got she's this got is it something down. different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was, I mean, that was the driving force. I mean, when you looked at it, it was all about, you know, it, I don't think that when you you asked about was, you know, the thought of the loss of the financial yeah. thing as an artist. Um, no, I, I think for certain aspects. I mean, we have friends that are professional comedians. Like, they're that's what right. their their career is. Right, mm-hmm. and and. We we were watching them lose their 100% of their income and 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 losing the ability to travel the country and go perform and yeah. then when those things kind of started popping up throughout especially the Midwest and the South where clubs were starting to open and stand-ups were then being challenged with making a decision right mm-hmm. right? right and 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 some some were making the, the, every each one of them had to make a personal decision of how they were going to continue back into to this if they were going to be able to and and it and it, it allowed for some people that that, that got in, got back into it a lot quicker than others um and it just it was a, it was a very weird time but for for local artists that 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 this isn't our well this isn't their hundred percent this comedy is not their their job um just to do the art it was really about i just i just want to be able to do it well yeah the mm-hmm. passion you all yeah that it. that yeah. was still that was still burning there and um and and they had an outlet and then for me it was about it was about the money for them for them it's always if we can focus on the artists right. and and make sure that they're being taken care of the best we can of what tools we can offer mm-hmm. um then that's all i wanted to fight for so it was so amazing to see it be able to come about through the minds of beth and and sarah and and be able to develop what we did uh, i've sat since the <clears throat> the pandemic i've sat I sat with a bunch of comedians too before the pandemic. Nineteen mm-hmm. was a fruitful year for this podcast, and then right. twenty twenty. But since the pandemic, I've sat with uh, T. Robe and yeah. um, Aaron Clabber, I believe. Mm-hmm. Both of them, though, them out there doing their thing, traveling, yep. you know, on tour. And I sat with uh, T. Robe, kind of like when we were in lockdown, and then once he was able to got and stretch his legs a little bit. Yeah. And he even he even said, "He goes, I've you know, you'll probably see a different person in me now. I'm back doing what I love to do." But man, there was the f- I had that fear, like, oh yeah, you know, like everybody had a fear of the unknown. But in your field, entertainers and creatives in general, I think from my observation, really had a fear of like, you know, I think you and I talked about it a little bit, like what is humor going to look like in a rather humorless society at the moment? Mm-hmm. Now, 
Mm-hmm. In saying that, are you seeing things? Yeah, as we sit here today, early, we don't date the shows, but early 2022, mm-hmm. are you seeing progress toward normalcy? Are you seeing, are you feeling it? I don't I don't mean your day in, day out. I'm talking about in terms of folks wanting to get together, socialize, laugh, have a good time, something close to what we experienced before this mess. Mm. Not close to it, but it's definitely... Um, it's happening. It's yeah. happening. It's improving. Um, okay. But well, it's just a start. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. That's all we can. That's all we can hope for. You know, audiences of. Um, you know, they've they've been amazing to come back to for certain. Um, it's um, it's a lot about the artist's comfortability and making sure that the mm-hmm. artist feels safe in a venue mm-hmm. locally. You right. know, and right. um, and I think that um, when we look at the we look at the stand up side and we look at the improv side, we're talking about a singular sport versus a team sport. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more factors within an I improv would team of feeling comfortable to be able to work together again so 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 that's where there's the bigger difference there's definitely an, a, a big swing like we could we could honestly book you know probably two shows a night for seven days a week of just stand-up shows yeah. I mean not saying that it's going to be the most quality mm-hmm. put shows but they'd probably be pretty pretty damn good mm-hmm. um, but there's just a lot because you can handle just it's just you it's just three people on a show just four people yeah yeah and, yeah. and so I think that's where we're, we're more looking at you know the artists coming back and and, and, and seeing them feeling comfortable um, doing what they love to do so well, and I think the improv shows that you have been booking at arcade haven't those been like smaller teams also mm-hmm. yeah 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 just smaller teams a lot of concept stuff like yeah i think you both like there's been that influence i think we've seen that coming off of off of the virtual stuff that a lot of these concept shows are coming mm-hmm. um people are using um, technology more even in stand-up shows they're sort of putting some some yeah. fun pieces into them so there's we'll definitely back up a little bit here because you're losing yeah. the concept what do you mean by concept shows what generally speaking what does that mean to someone like me okay um, there shows a concept show, the Nebby Neighbors, right? Oh, so oh are, I thought I thought I'm sorry. I thought you meant more in terms of uh, there was a certain angle, like a I don't know. I, mean, I thought I was thinking maybe your computerization or uh, maybe mm. you're, you're saying basically a production. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or like yeah. a heavily themed show. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they, and they come back and, they, and then they build a following. You know, Got it. you know, we have a at the arcade. I mean, since it's I mean, Inception, there's been um, the Knights of the Arcade, which is a live mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons improv oh, right show. Right and whether you're into D&D or not, which I'm not, I never played it or anything. And then when I went and seen that show for the first time eight years ago, I was like, oh, this is fun as you hell. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's a, that was what we would look as sort of a concept show. And then they have a monthly, they have a monthly run and they monthly show and they build a following. They have fans Absolutely. that show up. So they're mm-hmm. doing the same thing under their 100%. nebby neighbors. And 100%. So, so we are seeing a lot more of that latchkey kids is another another concept show that's come out of the pandemic mm-hmm. um there's um just a lot of those different things and i think it's folks that were like oh we can we can put this into our stage show mm-hmm. relatively mm-hmm. easy can be as exotic as they want it to be or difficult but yeah. um, we're seeing a lot of that um at, at, out there when it comes to the improv side so we're we're hoping that uh we're as we get closer and closer better and mm-hmm. better we improve more and you think um, people are getting more comfortable getting out and socializing? I, I can tell you that I still am corked out by uh, by big big crowds. Mm-hmm. I, I mentally, I'll share that with you. Mentally, I'm not quite mm-hmm. there yet. And I taken my son to uh, to Oakland for a baseball game uh, to, in the fall of 19, 
and you know never gave a second thought of being around a ton mm-hmm. of people didn't bother me and through this process of like you know it, it's i'm not the same person so i imagine you know i think i'm somewhat rather well adapted to life but i i would imagine there's a lot of people out there that are still trying to find their sea legs to get back and that's a challenge for your industry i would imagine i think any industry is struggling with that you know i think that yeah i mean i i myself um i have more of an awareness when it comes to where i'm going and what is involved with the space that i'm going to Mm -hmm. like if i'm going somewhere and it's just like balls out do whatever you want like there was no pandemic (laughs) that's the best you know that's like that's that's your new that's your merch for your your yeah it's it's whatever you putting it on it's gonna be balls out no pandemic i say balls out a lot i know you do balls out no pandemic that's on to something but what did you say what did you just say balls out and what was the tag on it after I don't know. Oh, shit. Th- no pandemic. Well, listen, yeah. listen to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No like there was balls out, no pandemic, I think. Okay, is what yeah. I think yeah. it was when you said the way you come out with that. It was so good. Balls just, out or calm down. Like, I, it's I one of the two that t-shirts. I usually say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, dude, I will absolutely wear a t-shirt that says balls out. Are you kidding right? me? Yeah. We're doing we're it. We're designing that. Yeah. Get that on we're gonna Canva We're going to get on today. Canva later this afternoon. <laughs> that's, that's actually not a bad idea. Because you're, you're right on the edge of like, well, you could say, well, no, it's a novelty shirt. It doesn't really offensive, but you know it is. <laughs> you know it is. I mean, dudes are hanging balls from their trailer hitches. Yeah, like, that's why that Yo, What is up with that? I don't know. I mean, I'm I saw tiny. it 10 years ago or 12 years yeah. ago. And I was on a actually driving through Alabama at the time that I was coming home. I'm so long, sorry. Yeah, long drive on 65, not 66, whatever the, the north of south. Next to goes down by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, they didn't talk. They were Take talking like this. Yeah. That, I yeah. went to a Tasty Freeze and they wouldn't serve me because they just yes. either saw the plate or they realized <laughs> I didn't have the twang. But whatever it was, mm. I was just, wanted a, just wanted ice cream, bro. Mm-hmm. I, just, yeah. I just wanted yeah. a vanilla ice cream cone. Um, Driving home though, I saw like these swinging mm. objects on a trailer hitch, and for a reason, I'm like, I don't know, that guy's truck broke, and I drove by and I saw that, and I was just like, you got to be how? I mean, we can hang balls off the back of a truck, but women can't breastfeed in public. Yeah, yeah. we're pretty like, screwed where up. Where does that make any sense? It doesn't. Pretty screwed up. Why is that offensive, anyways? Like, I, it, it doesn't. I don't know. I, I, I would. I, would, I think that I'm going to put that down. I definitely want to see where, where did that come from. The truck nuts. I've never heard it called truck nuts. That's I what they're called. Yeah. 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 Are they really? Yeah. 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 That's the label on the thing. Yeah. Truck nuts. Yeah. Well, there you go. And See, and obviously, I, I've never bought them. And I, I'm, I'm sure there are knockoff truck nuts, so they're not exactly yeah. the truck ones that nuts. end with a Z. So there's like yeah. lower grade, like, oh, these aren't the real truck yeah. nuts. Look at your knockoff nuts. Think about the factory. Think about the factory. Like, are they injection molded? Like, do they have a big mold? Where they like inject the plastic and then they just have like. And then there's this. And yeah. I just have this this Lucille Ball uh, chocolate yeah. factory oh thing. Oh my god! Where it's, yes. just, it's just balls. <laughs> it's just balls. No, <laughs> the balls are too fast. Write that down. Write that down. You did the best. The, the, the balls are too fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, slow the balls down. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness! I've actually seen those on the back of bicycles too. Wow. What? Yeah. 
Those I don't even understand. People like that don't drive well, I, 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 So you're what, your local meth head down the street yeah, riding, I'm just the, saying, riding man. his wind to get his fix oh, or what's that mean? They probably got a DUI, so then they can't drive their truck, so they <laughs> I, put them on the bicycle. Listen, I was totally suckered into dating someone thinking that he was like environmentally aware and he had three DUIs and lost his license. So it's a <laughs> yeah. thing. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. He's like in shape and like, mm-hmm. you know, loves the oh. earth. No, he's no. a fucking alcoholic. When he showed up for your date and told you to go in the back of the banana seat, you knew the, there was a problem, the, the, right? The truck nuts. <laughs> the truck nuts. Yeah. 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 Anyway, balls. Yeah. Balls out. Oh, yeah. So I was saying, like, there are definitely places I've walked into, and it's like Court 2019 again. You know, yeah. Um, those places make me nervous. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. But then there's other. There's been other things that I've gone to that. I'm like, okay, people are being respectful, mm-hmm. and I struggle like in and uh, the pandemic saw me give up alcohol, so that was another whole dynamic. Now I'm not in the places that I was pre-pandemic because right there's booze mm-hmm. everywhere, yeah. you know, which is what it is. But going into a bar I would have frequent prior just for socialization, I'm kind of worked out by that. People mm-hmm. sit at bars, they're at, mm-hmm. they're at the bar, they're getting cozy, mm-hmm. whether you know, they're drunk, whatever it is. But we tend to you know that's an area that still I, I see plenty of bars that look like it was 2019 yeah again. oh yeah yeah you know? mm-hmm. I, and it, maybe hopefully we get there but I don't know if we're there yet well I think the thing we that everybody be? has to understand yeah I was gonna go there too I'm all for not being back to 2019 shoulder to shoulder sweating watching mm-hmm. you know watching a concert like like and that's a personal choice that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen so I, I think the thing I've said to everybody because I've been managing crowds now during this right. pandemic like whether right. it was the outdoor stuff when pandemic when I mean, we did 42 outdoor shows right we were the first to come out and do live art wow. in person mm-hmm. in the city of pittsburgh and do it in a way that 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 we felt represented our artists and represented our our, our organization you know and did it in a professional way and and mm-hmm. and and so we were able to do that and um and then and then making the transition back inside and and so i've been with this and and sort of rode this wave of watching it and and the thing I say to everybody is whenever you're good and comfortable then it's right don't feel that what you're what you're feeling is wrong what you're feeling is what you're feeling right on. and mm-hmm. only you get to determine your comfort level mm-hmm. and yes I understand FOMO yes I understand you want to get back out and do these things tiptoe into the water mm-hmm. find do what Sarah said find a venue that you feel comfortable right. with enter find a way to 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 get whatever we talk about normalcy like stop thinking about the way things were build the now yeah, yeah that's good philosophy mm-hmm. yeah build, build the now man I mean and I think like it's so interesting because a lot of what you said also applied to me and maybe also you Beth mm-hmm. like in pre-pandemic times just as a woman going out Mm -hmm. you know like it's i'm seeing a lot of parallels with people saying those kinds of things like i'm not going to go somewhere if i'm not comfortable there Mm -hmm. and like as a woman i'm not going to go somewhere if i'm not comfortable there Mm -hmm. if i feel unsafe Mm -hmm. i'm out y'all have been doing this for your whole life yeah like (laughs) we've been in training for our whole entire lives yeah for stuff Mm -hmm. like this and i think now it's Mm. more what a great point it's more on a global scale and it's also talked about a lot more but mm-hmm. just in a different fashion mm-hmm. but when you start thinking about it in that in those terms like we've been doing this 
forever. Yeah. I remember making <laughs> don't a joke. Don't sit so close to me. You know, mm-hmm. like, back up in line. You don't need to be up my ass with mm-hmm. your receipts. Like, so I feel like now it's more global scale mm-hmm. and across all genders. And before it was just like women talking about it on the low, mm-hmm. you know, at home. Yeah. I remember making a joke, like, when it was like, oh, things are opening up a little bit more again, and we're going to start seeing, like, those casual friends again. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, oh, so-and-so won't be able to hug me when they see me. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, like, because we didn't really ever have that kind of relationship. Yeah. They just always hug everyone that when they see them. Yeah, like, really yeah. allowed us to, like, be I more know. strong in our boundaries, mm-hmm. I think, in a way that we... Yeah didn't feel empowered to be before the pandemic that's interesting and like now like i have no issue telling a man to back the fuck up when he's too close to me you know but before 2019 i would have been like um excuse me but now it's like you better fucking move yeah yeah Yeah. i don't want to smell your breath on my neck okay and it's because a i don't want you that close to me and also like COVID is still a thing. Right. And I think it's, I think that's where we're, I feel good as far as, especially talking with, you know, Beth and, and Sarah of just that, like we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction and, mm-hmm. and, and we're learning a lot. We've learned a lot. And, um, you know, there's so much positive ahead of us. And, and so that for me, I've had to sort of just kind of flip the script on what mm-hmm. happened these last two years. It mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. here. Yeah, our yeah. Art, we are here. Our art is it, art. Listen, it continues I, to evolve, right? It, yeah. Well, it does. I mean, that's why that's why it was so quick to be like, oh, "Who gives a shit about the artists?" Because we always come back, like the through the test of time. Art has survived world wars, famines, mm-hmm. pandemics, and it's come back better and stronger in a lot of different ways than it did before, and more creative. Mm-hmm. I would yes. say, to the, you know, especially the this outlets, one. people, mm-hmm. yes, and the ultimate product that's put out yeah, there. So, just, 20, so all of that, hey, we can talk to the story as much as we want. I think it's best to put it on one time and be done with it for me i mean it's like i i it's it's just a time now to start celebrating that you came through this yeah mm-hmm. and and do it in a way that's a responsible you know? right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, like when i came in and you were like you always seem like you're good and i'm like i'm alive man yeah man yeah. that's like, the yeah that's the perspective priority, now right you know mm-hmm. yeah like i was telling a friend like i'm just very over like all the nostalgia Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I think of like pre-pandemic, I don't think about like fun stuff. I think like mm-hmm. we really <laughs> used to go to the melting pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Girl. god, sort of. You know, you, you might have. Yeah. <laughs> but like we yeah. really like certain things like that. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. and, and, double dipper was just like oh. a joke. But now it's like you'll get cut. From yeah. someone yeah. for doing that, you know, yeah. Like those are the things I think about when I think pre-pandemic. Yeah. I don't think about like, oh, going to a farmer's market. <laughs> I don't think about that stuff. Yeah. Just seeing like mm-hmm. the bathroom signs, you know, exp- it wasn't like you, for for decades you would go and rem- casually remind employees to wash their hands before mm-hmm. they returned to making your food. Mm-hmm. But now there was detailed instructions mm-hmm. on how, how to, to wash, your, wash hands. your hands. I've been judging. <laughs> I've been judging establishments, bathrooms since I rem- as a child. Yeah. I, for me, I've always I will check a restroom on a spot, and I'm like, nope. 
because I know whatever's happening there is happening in that back room, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's happening on my chicken wings. I mean, I got a whole thing, man. So I, I was, I'm very happy to see uh, some standards uh, from that perspective. Weird question: from, from Has, has the pandemic races. changed your? thought in that regards about how much you eat out or order food or, ha- or have someone else prepare your food mm. i mean i very rarely eat out just in general um and i think that when i do go and eat out now i try to go somewhere that i know i can't make that food myself mm-hmm. right that's yeah. what i do too um yeah. I can't. I'm trying to think of like the last time I actually. Would you order in though? I'll order in. What do you eat? But I order in like. <laughs> air. What, I what eat are air. you eating? I order in, but I usually am ordering in like sushi. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, right, yeah. You You're know, bougie like as fuck. Look at you. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I don't have kids, man. I, I can spend it. money. Good for you. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, got a, I got a grandchild coming. I, I, I got to save my money for good yeah, things. Yeah, man. I made lobster tails the other night, and Ooh! somebody somebody else Damn. did it, and that was rude. Oh. Um, yeah, what? no, I I uh, I judge things by the back alley, not by the. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, I judge neighborhoods by the oh, back yeah. alley. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where the real. That's exciting yeah. back there. Yeah. It can be. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, can be. I, I tell you, the uh, the back alley of the theater is shared with the restaurants on Penn Avenue. It's so fun. And there, I can, <laughs> I can. You're absolutely right. It's so I can fun. walk down. The, I can walk because I walk down that alley all the time, um, and uh, I can tell you what restaurant you want to go to. Yeah. And what restaurant you don't want to get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. So that's a I great, remember that's like, a great point. riding my bike with my friend down in New Orleans, and we were in one section. We were like, yep, shouldn't be here. And we like turned a couple blocks, and we were like, damn, they have cobblestone alleys. This is fancy. <laughs> and like, it just turned out like we were in a very wealthy section of, uh, of uh, right. New Orleans. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I eat food, man. Right on. Okay, I was just saying, yeah, I was just, because you were just like, I, I was like, do you just, start, I mean, do you As cook? opposed to. Do yeah. You, do you, do you, I, I, you just, I've never heard you talk about, like, cooking or anything like that in our conversations, that's all. She gets the world delivered to her. She, yeah. I, I think it's it. delivered to I Sarah. Like, I she, do. She curates her entire if world, I, and it's delivered yeah. on a silver platter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do, I get, I'm like, leaving the I house. get, like, farmer's market produce nice. delivered to my house. I do the Amazon Prime. You can get anything, thing. though. Anything. But that's what's anything. great about Sarah is we were transitioning into this of this whole stay oh, at yeah. home and ordering in. And she's like, mm-hmm. dude, she never. She's like, Wait, what? I'm a fucking hermit. <laughs> yeah, like, I work. I've been. I've been yeah. working. I've had a work from home job for you know seven, like, seven years. At that years. point, yes. seven years. And she's like, all you people are now messing with me. <laughs> yeah, because her schedule changed. Because any time that she wanted to go do something, it was around because there was nobody. <laughs> They were all at work, right? On. And so, it, so it was so funny to hear right her on. rant. I was so mad about <laughs> you, over it. you people. You did. I did have you a little did. road rage coming here because traffic. Yeah, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed that. Yeah, traffic is kind of coming back yeah. to the thing now again. Huh? Yeah, has yeah. different patterns. But you work from times. home a lot more now mm-hmm. than you did before. Yes, I love it. I yeah. don't want to go back to so being why a person. Is all this traffic. <laughs> I mean, because a lot of corporations have made people work from home, right? Yeah, I mean, so what the hell? They they should be on the job working, but well, obviously they're not. Well, they're on the road. I mean, there's just more. Yeah, I mean, I think that the work from home model of the idea of like, well, at noon today, I can go and run errands. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus when I was at an office. Yeah. 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 So, There's a lot so, of freedom in your so, schedule. Yeah. Everybody's so, so out. Now, yeah. Now those are the folks, you know, th- there's people that are able to, the, the, the pattern has changed. They Their jobs are allowing them to do different things at different mm-hmm. times and give them some freedom. And because corporations, you know, and a lot of us, a lot of them learn that, hey, just Wow! If you trust your employees, mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to do Funny well. Funny how that works. The, the mm-hmm. productivity for for folks went through the roof, but then it went a little too far with some because they mm-hmm. just were constantly working. Yeah, and and for whatever reasons. But I mean, it took me a solid year when I started working from home to like get in the groove of mm-hmm. actually being productive and able to work from home and accomplish yeah. what I needed to accomplish and all that stuff. Just because it is so different than when you're working mm-hmm. in an office structured space or, you know, I was a retail manager for way too long and like having that structure of the store and yeah. the people that worked there. And so it definitely, there was a huge learning curve for me, but I did that learning curve six years before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was a lot of things that like, people were saying that I related back to when I first started working from home and at that point it was like you know it's gonna take you a minute but it's gonna be okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah you that missed an opportunity you could have given classes on how to cope that no, man you gotta figure it out <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other cool Balls thing falls out. out like Balls that's out. the, that's the other out. cool thing Balls about out. working from home is when you work from home you can work the way that works best for you you're not working right. the way that mm-hmm. works best for your boss or your, the corporation you're working for. You're working for yourself, essentially, in that if you want to have music on, you can. Yeah. If you want to mm-hmm. sit on the couch, you can. If you don't want to shower for three days, you can. You know what I mean? Not advised, but you can. Yeah, <laughs> but like I think that that freedom yeah. allowed people to do better work and be more productive. You know, yeah. you don't have that commute anymore. You don't have the... I, I can't tell you how many people have just been like, there's no office politics in play Mm -hmm. when I'm working. And that has been so freeing. I bet. You know? I bet. Um, So yeah, I think that like, I just think everybody should work from home. And I don't. (laughs) So I just physically, I I, I got myself to the point where one day work from home is kind of my max. Um, you know, and and but my job also dictates that I right. I, I can't yeah. work from right. home. Um, right. But there are aspects of it when and it is nice that you know, hey, I I don't want to go and I don't need to go to the theater for anything particular today. I want to stay and just sit in at my you know at my desk at the at the house and and sort of work at that pace. So it it for me it's a it, it I am the like the hybrid like mm-hmm. I, I my job requires that i be in a physical space um but not all the time and and i like that having that freedom as well so well, it's a break too you well know? yeah mm-hmm. well the, the going to the building in itself was uh was uh was um a break for me okay that when the when the shut, was a maniac when the shut, yes. yeah yeah when that happened it was like i i sat at home and it was like for the first three weeks you know and i'm like this can't happen. We, we've got a building that's sitting there vacant. Right. And this is a great mm-hmm. opportunity to go down and, you know, paint, paint. every surface, every single surface. <laughs> yeah. you know? It looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is because what was I, I had, we were going to reopen in three months. Right. Mm-hmm. When it started that, that we're okay. We're going to three months and, and not for this episode to like be the COVID episode, but I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's the journey. Right. And it was like, absolutely, yeah. man. It was like, go in there and let's, let's get this thing looking 
brand new again and we were only three years old at that point but you know you you get the building in itself tells a story of Mm -hmm. comedy and Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it's their home it's their home it's their art these artists it's their home man and 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 so going in there and i'm like i'm gonna paint every room um of this building every every bit of it um so when they come back Right on. This is their brand new place. So I got three months to do this without any other traffic. Me just locked in mm-hmm. and doing it. Mm-hmm. And where did um, that three months come from? Because initially they was two weeks, right? Well, and, we knew like we were like after the first two weeks, and then it was like okay, we're. I think it was more of an internal kind of okay. like. Yeah, I was gonna, gonna say arcade definitely months. had some oh. like insider tips. Okay. Well, t- <laughs> tips. We have a lot of scientists. Yeah, it's it's literal, literal, yeah. yeah I, I think it was like the end of May deadline or something that like something eventually that got that. public of like okay. oh yeah things will be yeah will then be then okay we were June with, 1st yeah. or something yeah so yeah. you know but not knowing that I could have you know I could have painted one room a month and some rooms twice you know right. to get ready but, right, but that's right, what right. for me it was about keeping my sanity it was yeah, about the, the busyness too probably, was, right? yeah I'm not a I'm not a sit I can't I gotta yeah, go I'm I gotta go that way too. I gotta go I if I'm it. sitting mm-hmm. the, if I'm sitting in the house for 72 hours man I I I can't. I love my house. I love my family. I love everything about my life. But I got to get out and see Mm -hmm. the world. I got to go and see things. And and it was it was interesting to watch it, especially downtown. Yeah. And watch downtown progress. And Mm -hmm. and being a Pittsburgher my whole life, growing up here and being just in love with the city of Pittsburgh, um, seeing our city as a child in the eighties. That Mm -hmm. that you know, as my grandmother lived uh, worked downtown as a cleaning person. And she would take us to the city and just seeing the city then and remembering it as a child in the 80s after the steel mills and everything and and just how bleak and just scary it was. And then seeing it as I was like in the high school, then we would start sort of coming down. But it still was a little bit like, uh, Mm oh, we're not going to go there. During the Renaissance, too. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Calajuri's Renaissance, (laughs) too. Yeah. And then then it was really when Tom Murphy Murphy came on board and a lot of stuff Sophie Masloff had started Mm -hmm. that started to mm-hmm. really focus downtown yep. um, and making it a cultural district, mm-hmm. you right. know, and and so so to see that transition and then see where it was, you know, um, as we moved into the, the the new building and watching comedy just explode, right like on. like like look at look at the landscape of comedy in Pittsburgh right now. I mean, we you don't date these things, but this will turn right. probably before these Isn't shows come. There, there is so much comedy coming to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Venues prior to the prior to the pandemic, you had you could go see comedy at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Mm-hmm. Unplanned was there. Uh, skit was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was taking care of like your uh, kind of your improv fix. We're obviously doing both. Right on. Um, you, and then you had the improv. Right, you did, and then you would have Jerry Seinfeld would come play Heinz Hall, or 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 somebody would come and play the Benedim. Now you're seeing just every venue, mm-hmm. Carnegie mm-hmm. of Homestead, mm-hmm. Carnegie of uh, Car- the Carnegie of Oakland. Right. In one night back in December, we had in the city of Pittsburgh. You could have went and seen Taylor Tomlinson do mm-hmm. two shows in Homestead, both of which sold out at 850 seats. Wow. You had. Um, Eliza. You had Eliza mm-hmm. who was in Oakland and mm-hmm. she sold out over there and I don't know what the capacity was there, but it's bigger than eight hundred. 
And then you had Tammy Pescatelli mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. Improv who sold out her weekend as well. Right. I'm sitting mm-hmm. there watching Taylor Tomlinson and knowing that this is happening in our city this night. And I was like, holy hell, what is going on in Pittsburgh? What is we we've right hit on. this thing right on. and now in September, you're going to have John Mulaney at PPG Paints, mm-hmm. and two days later, Chris Rock at the Benedum. I have to get those tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. I didn't get them yet. I have That's to get okay. them. We'll <laughs> um, so, what were it's a smaller s- hall for him, right? The, for which one? Rock. Um, you don't think he, he does all kinds he of could stuff. Do PPG, yeah. he? Yes, but I think I think that comes down to a. I think that comes to I think it comes to a personal preference. I, right I think mm-hmm. there I think there is a lot of that. You're, you got it. There is some level setting that happened the, the, during the during it all. I would too. imagine. You know, sort of like I would imagine. Like uh, you know, the the folks that and they're still you're going to still have your arena uh, performers, yeah. right? Yeah. You you know, Gaffigan's about to do his second mm-hmm. PPG. Right. He, I went and seen him um, the last time he was at PPG, right? Um, so, but he also just played. IUP mm-hmm. in their 2500 I feel like comedians yeah. are much more like relaxed with that than musicians There's are no like question. I think like once musicians hit no like question. festival level arena level I they can tell you there. firsthand that's the way it is yeah but I think <laughs> that like with comedians like when we do comedy I always feel so much better upstairs because it's so at the arcade intimate yeah. at the arcade, the arcade yeah. because it's so intimate and the energy is just completely different than when you're in a larger space like at the improv you do perform different mm-hmm. yeah you, you perform, perform different. different and i think too like depending on where your jokes are at you know you might want that smaller more intimate space yes. to work mm-hmm. stuff out um as opposed to when you're finally paying the 150 dollars per ticket yeah to go and see the, the show. Pro- she's talking mm-hmm. about the process, right? Like yeah. it, that also plays into it. Okay. Seeing, see, so when you're going to see these comedians, the Taylor Tomlinson, you're seeing Mark Marin's coming. Yeah. Okay. Generally, what they're doing is they're building their hour. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so like I going seen, back to where you were saying, yeah. like how much is improvised? Like those smaller venues, I say at least for stand up, are way more improvised oh, than what imagine. you see on Netflix. I would imagine. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so what they they're they're on a tour so they're you see them on tour i seen taylor tomlinson's special that's coming out on the 8th of uh, march it's coming out in march it's already out or whatever however you want to date this um but um but i what seen, is today i i seen i i i seen that in december and it was about 75 percent of what i'll see on mm-hmm. netflix mm-hmm. so but it, i would love to see got it stop one on the tour mm-hmm. right. and stop 20 on the tour yeah like that's to me as a n- comedy nerd like i'd love mm-hmm. to go see mulaney okay. in okay. columbus Got it. in 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 like may and then see him in pittsburgh in september and then see what that special looks like what's evolved and yeah i mean so they and... use that i mean seth myers did that seth myers hadn't put out a stand-up I, I don't even know if that was maybe his first one and he put out a great stand-up special um in um, 2019 i think it was okay and we've seen it at homestead and seen 
what he put on 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 Netflix, and it was like holy hell. The process of comedy, very, and maybe that weans us back to the musician, right? Yeah. The musician, the creation from nothing, the creation from mm -hmm. a chord, mm -hmm. from a beat, and then you just and and all these comedians, all that they are doing is they are just playing that beat and adding on. Mm -hmm. Now they're putting a bass underneath it. Now mm -hmm. they're hitting this, yeah. and they're just and that's what even on a local level, mm -hmm. because we can talk about what all these national acts coming that puts more spotlight on Pittsburgh. That makes somebody that's like, oh, I do love seeing stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. I do love seeing, I mean, they just had the guys from Whose Line Is It Anyways? Like, so, um, um, it, 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 it gives an opportunity for more people to look and see and be like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, I just seen this. I'm going to see this comedy show and the local talent is there and 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 it's it, it's evolving and it's it's an incubation right now. It's the way I look at comedy from the arcades perspective. I think we're we're really incubating the future and seeing more people that are coming taking classes at the theater with mm -hmm. intent to make this something they do and then make their way to new york make their way to chicago make their way to la and then and then mm -hmm. and build a career out of this and i i would tell you that that's more prevalent now than it was before um let me ask you all about <clears throat> your thoughts on venue with musicians obviously you know the goal is to when you start a band for not everybody but a lot of folks is they want to be famous they want to hit it hit it big so the very few that get there, invariably, when they reach that apex, they end up loving to go back and start playing smaller clubs again because they're getting something, the vibe, they're getting some, whether it's a different kind of adulation, whether it's a different kind of feedback. And many will ultimately say that that is what it really was all about for them. They just, the success propelled them to a more orchestrated, more cookie-cutter performance in front of big audiences where there wasn't a lot of interconnection. Is it the same with comedy? Because I would imagine if you had the fortunate, uh, let's just say someone played a big 3,000-seat hall or maybe 18,000-seat hall, they're going to kind of, they're coming to see you, they're paying hefty money, they're going to kind of clap for you anyways, right? They're going to scream your name. You could probably go up there and fart and they're going to be happy about it, right? But if you're in that smaller environment, you can see the faces, you can see the reaction, you can work the room if that even is a thing. I mean, you, you know, it's part of your act. I guess my, my, my point is, if there was a point to this, it's like, is it the same, do you think, with comedians? Would they rather, would they, would they rather, forget the money aside, would they rather be playing a smaller, intimate hall? Does that is that a better comedic experience for them? Hmm. A laugh is a laugh is a laugh for me. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's individual, right? Yeah. Like it's it, I think that every, what we find out is like like everyone ha I mean everyone has their own reasons for wanting to do this. So mm -hmm. so setting what the, their personal thing is and I, I think that it, it mirrors music in a, in some ways, but okay. but it's it's a personal thing i i do believe mm -hmm. yeah um i mean i know for me like if it's a show that i feel like um i've never done it before i've never done this type of show before um i don't think it really depends on the crowd size for me just like i want like an energized crowd mm -hmm. um and it is a little easier to feel like the energy of the crowd if it is a smaller space or like the upstairs theater at arcade is you know you can really like see everybody in there and downstairs like it'll suck sound a little bit like you don't get as much feedback so um 
yeah, having the feedback is really nice, but just in general, like, feeling like it's a new show, um, that's when I get, like, the butterflies of, like, oh, wow, like, because I've, I've been doing improv for, like, 20 years, and, um, if it's a new project that I'm like, oh, I don't know how people are going to respond to this, and I really want to try out this new improv game or something, or this new concept, or, like, we have this new thing we're doing for Nebby, um, I think that's where the excitement comes from, so that's probably where the stand-ups or the musicians that are coming, like, back to their new, like, the smaller venues, okay. uh, that's probably some of that feeling of like, oh, I just get to be myself here and, yeah. and figure that out. Yeah, that's yeah. My, that, that's a good mm-hmm. point, I the think. The way you put that yeah. clicks, for sure. Like, it's definitely way more about the material than the size of the audience. Mm-hmm. And you could have a bunch of people and nobody laughs, it's, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you could have five people and nobody laughs. Yeah. But, yeah. like... But three people that laugh really hard and the they're, best. like, so excited. <laughs> like, I've done some tiny shows and like if they're into it great it's the greatest show ever yeah so. yeah, yeah. And, and, and i think that and there are there is like uh that's where it does get into some divide of philosophies uh-huh. in a, mm-hmm. a lot of ways between the two separate parts of comedy you know stand-up versus an improv and and um and 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 there's just a different thing i think that a lot of times it's like if if you're doing a show and and you're on this show and you only sold you know it's it's light it's a real light house a lot of times it on the stand up side you sort of take that as like a, oh, I, you know it's all about draw right like as you mm-hmm. grow you want to draw you okay. want to you want to be a draw mm-hmm. you, that's that's how mm-hmm. you set your price sure. mm-hmm. as a comedian coming up you know if mm-hmm. you can draw then you then you can demand a little bit different than someone that's not drawing so um, it's um, but 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 on both sides of it I mean if you're booking a gig and you know, we got to do some some gigs at the Greer where we did improv over there. I know there was an excitement amongst mm-hmm. the improvisers to get to play in a bigger room, potentially in front of you know a bigger audience that they would at, right. the, at the arcade because it's a bigger venue. Right. Um, so there's definitely that's fun. That's fun mm-hmm. for me to see mm-hmm. that excitement for improvisers, especially sure. because there there's only so many rooms, there's only so many stages that that are putting on improv, and and it's definitely something that. Um, needs to and I mean that's part of our mission right like to, to to just continue to grow and elevate comedy in Pittsburgh and and improv being able to start getting on bigger stages and being more understood is, mm-hmm. is very important because mm-hmm. these are very talented individuals and 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 what we've also seen is a is a blend of mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. stand-ups that are also improvisers and mm-hmm. there's uh, breaking down that weird divide that's existed for forever that you know the the way that improv we'll talk about that divide so there's a, there's a there's a definite the improv th- versus stand yeah, up yeah there's there's yeah. It, it's it's not exclusive to any market it's 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 what has happened in the way it's been forever i mean stand up is is you know arguably it's older it's been around it's been an established form of comedy um it, it like actually with a, with a title whereas improv is rather new and we can sort of trace that back to second city and chicago and mm-hmm. and those things um but that aside there's there's the 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 the, the one person the stand up mm. 
and they're looking across and then they're about team concepts so so they don't necessarily they're like well they're just making things up well that's the uneducated side of a somebody that doesn't look and see well i would challenge you right mm-hmm. step across the aisle and try to understand right. what they do and what right. you'll find is as a stand-up it will help what you do on stage mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. you know when i started doing stand-up almost it's been uh eight years now um you know i just you know went and did it um, you know, I went and did. Someone put me on their show. Uh, it was a. Fa- it was someone that I've known for years. Gab Bonesso. Oh yeah. Um, is, Gab is, did the show. Yeah, Gab. Gab <laughs> is Gab's my wife's cousin, and oh, right we, we, we'd go watch her do comedy all the time. And um, I said to her, you know, and she, I said I've always wanted to try it, and she gave me a shot on the on, on her stage at the Brillo Box. And I found that after I was doing it for you know a, sh- a shorter period of time within the, like the first year, I felt like a robot. And the arcade I'd already been going there as a volunteer, been going there as an audience member. Um, and um, and then uh, I said, well, I think I'm going to try an improv class. I want to be more conversational. I want to be mm-hmm. loose on stage. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a robot. I want to be able to recover if I lose my train of thought interesting interesting and and that is a muscle that a, a, a stand-up needs to work out like right. the idea of crowd work sure. you said engaging with the crowd or those types of things like that that you can learn that skill on your own and figure it out as you go or you can go ahead and pair that with improv and take an improv intro level improv class and come out of it with a new sharpened tool okay. in your back mm-hmm. pocket okay. for when you're on stage. So okay. so the the mind so there's always been this mindset too because the world of improv believes in continued education right Mm -hmm. it's continued education you you start off and you 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 start off an improv and you take a level one class and then now you you, you've got you got the bug whatever it's hooked you and 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 a lot of it is built around um socialization that that's a key component to the art of improv is that what draws people to it is they want like minds they want Mm -hmm. to work with people be with hang out maybe they need some new friends maybe they're looking Mm -hmm. maybe they're new to the city and I found that a lot. People are new to Pittsburgh. They're moving into Pittsburgh and they're coming and they're staying in numbers that never before. You got your education in Pittsburgh and you left Pittsburgh. Right. Now we have people coming, getting their education and staying here and they need to find a commonality. They mm-hmm. need to find a friend group. Got so it. they start doing improv. So then you go next level. Next time you keep taking these classes, there's workshops. Then you're on, get cast on a house team. Maybe you're on an indie team and you're just in this ecosystem of improv, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a stand-up will look at it and say no you don't take a class to be funny right and and that's it, i've it, heard that before it, absolutely and 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 you know what i respect anyone that says it because some of the people have said that it just okay i get it but i will point to a lot of uh, different uh, scenarios sebastian maniscalco mm-hmm. are you aware of sebastian mm-hmm. maniscalco mm-hmm. sebastian maniscalco sells out four nights of madison square garden yep. track back his lineage and when he started he took a stand-up comedy class at the comedy store Star. when mitzi when mitzi's daughter was running the comedy class and 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 so he's just like listen that was my path and right. there's others that have done that right. and there are others that will vehemently say to you you're wasting your time you're wasting your money and i would tell you that there's two ways you it's learn. It's pretty pretentious to say that, though. I mean, there's or two, arrogant, I should say. Absolutely. It's anyone's <clears throat> journey. That's right. what's beautiful yeah. about comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Your journey is your journey. That's life. Yeah. And, but, I, didn't know, I didn't know anything about comedy when I started comedy, and being told to go and take an improv class was the 
best advice I have gotten Mm -hmm. probably still because of all the things that Jason just said you know like it gave me extra tools but it also gave me a community and it like Mm -hmm. gave me networking and all of that sort of thing that I wouldn't have had had I just started going to open mics by myself right it would have been a different kind of networking you know but like hooking up with these two and really learning the behind the scenes was something that I would not have gotten had I not gone and started taking classes okay. and started interning and really like immersed myself in that world. Um, and I think that it's that there. I am seeing a change in that more standups are understanding what improv is and how it can benefit them in the standup world. Mm-hmm. And I think too, there's this. Um, there's somewhat of a lack of acknowledgement that comedy is an art form. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, sure. I think I think that like, give people me, give me are, an example. I, I mean, think people are very much like, "Oh, you're funny. You should go do stand up." It's like, "Yeah, you're funny at the dinner table." <sighs> you know, but it's a whole different ball game when you go up and you're on stage and you're throwing jokes and they're right. not landing and how do you recover from that and and that is where your improv background plays in and that you can pivot and you can right. tailor your jokes to the right. crowd and kind of get a feel for the audience. And I think too, by me going through, I don't know, I think I took two or three classes before the pandemic, um, but then also taking online workshops and learning about like writing and different writing exercises and you know, it's the same thing, like I have a graphic design background. It's the same thing as when I went to school for graphic design. Like we started with painting mm-hmm. and color theory. Mm-hmm. And then you moved up and you learned about um, all the Adobe mm-hmm. uh, applications and Photoshop and how to manipulate and how to create layers. And And it's the same thing with music. It's the same thing with comedy. And I think that um, in Pittsburgh, at least, there's, a lack of acknowledgement that hey this is art mm-hmm. this isn't just somebody being funny there's more to this well, that art, you mm-hmm. don't see i'm sorry i think beth i mean 20 years you know she's been, been an improviser you've yeah. taken I, I don't know how many class hours a, a lot right <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And, and knowing beth and beth is always continuously learning she wants mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. she wants the structure and she wants that and and sharpening the skills but you know you never stop learning that's mm-hmm. what's beautiful about it you know the structure and the different ways that you do things yeah and i think some of those stand-ups that are like oh like class is gross they probably just don't acknowledge that they are learning from other sources. Like if they're watching other people's shows and they're like listening to podcasts about comedy, because they're probably not just solely doing their jokes. Like they just don't realize that they're learning from other things and they're like self-teaching. And there are some, there are some standups that'll say that, you know, they never listen to comedy because they don't want to like start emulating the sure. person they're listening yeah. to mm-hmm. and things which that's their own personal choice and I just don't believe in that but yeah, I think it, but go ahead yeah. I have heard jokes that like I'm working on a premise and I'm like I'm never fucking doing that joke yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this yeah. joke will never be that good yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. it will squash your dreams there's, yeah. nothing worse. <laughs> there's nothing worse when you do write that joke and then you yeah. see it and, and you're you, like squash no. your dreams. oh my god can I get another angle on this oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure 
but it's the it's the way to look at it is you know how did you learn how to swim you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you got two choices you yeah. know you get thrown into the deep end and you figure it out and that's called an open mic and sometimes you go and you take lessons and you learn how to swim and they give you the basics and the mm -hmm. rest is on you and you know it's it's for stand-ups i you know i just sat and taught a stand-up class last night for suzanne suzanne lawrence is our uh, is our stand-up teacher mm -hmm. uh, and so is Brittany alexis they they do alternating sessions and um you know what what they teach and what they are putting out is their material they are putting out not ma comedy material right. mm -hmm. they're putting their so what they're giving to them is like hey here's our here's what i've gained in knowledge and here's how to write a joke structure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those things exist and teaching someone about structure well that's tough mm -hmm. with with creatives in general mm -hmm. structure mm -hmm. doesn't really yeah. it's a, you know personality types that they're not mm -hmm. endeared to sure. that Sure. Yeah, so if you can find a way to do it and make it mm -hmm. enhance mm -hmm. the creative process, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win. And not everybody's yeah. taking a class to be the next Beth Getches or the next right. Sarah Morgan. They're taking it because this is something that's going to help them with maybe present presentations sure. at work. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, you know, and that, that's, 100%. you know, very, it, there's, you know, the numbers that are coming out of academy classes you know mm -hmm. as far as who's staying on and who wants to do this art yeah. more it's gotten it's gotten a little more balanced right. but it still skews in the in the in the person that just wants to experience something mm -hmm. yeah i feel like in so i'm teaching the current 101 class right now and and i did uh, the the previous one as well and like there's so many people when i ask the first day like why are you here what are what do you want to get out of this class there's so many people that are like, I need friends. I need out of my house. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. I just, I just want to do an activity outside sure. my house right now. And sure. like, and it is good for, for like learning to be a better speaker at work, but mm -hmm. uh, like a better presenter. You're saying you're, yeah. you're saying that you're seeing a lot of need for socialization. Mm -hmm. That's why they're doing yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. Like the, the current class I'm teaching, they go out after every class like they went out after the that. first right class yeah. and it's a yeah. big class right yeah there's like 11 of them yeah well, that's cool and that's they're all lot. just best friends and, and we've yeah. seen that i mean we've got yeah. we, we've we like that group that's in like the 103 group right now mm -hmm. they've all been together there's like 10 11 of them mm -hmm. that have stuck yeah. together since they started yeah. this and they're going out and doing things socially and so <laughs> Listen, I I don't know. It's a beautiful thing to watch as we're mm -hmm. seeing it progress. Mm -hmm. And what is today's? And what are people looking to do? People are looking to to go have a good time, uh, get to experience something different, and maybe challenge themselves to do something they've said for decades they wanted to do. And mm -hmm. this thing woke them up and said, "You know what? God damn it, I'm going to go do it." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think I think that's been a positive part. If yes. you can say it's a positive part of the pandemic or the for time sure. around the pandemic is people reassessing their lives. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, What's not important? everybody, but some. What's important? Mm -hmm. Your happiness. Yeah. All right. Your so happiness. I'm going to ask. Uh, we're going to get out of the box here for a second. I'm going to ask the three of you um, your own interpretations about this simple question. What do you personally love about comedy? What do you personally love about it? I want to start. You start you. with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to be nice to my guests. You know what I mean. You're like a regular. Now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on this spot. Balls out. Balls Sarah. out there. That's your um, new segment. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the segment. new segment on the. I'm gonna McKenna go home show. and start Balls out with yeah. Sarah Morgan. Balls out. <laughs> <laughs> 
there. I'm like, <laughs> Episode one. Uh, I can hear the theme music in my head. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Right. Like that's, your that's not a bad idea. We got we'll music. About, we we'll, got we'll, merch. We'll talk about yeah. the podcast we got, after this. We'll got a podcast. Yeah. Balls out. Yes. yes. Damn. This is what I love about. She's comedy. actually. I see. I'm actually learning. This is a tactic with with entertainers where yeah. she's delaying right now because she's trying to figure out how to hell to answer this yes. question. That she's delaying through all this. She's delaying through all this banter. I'm being her team, and you're like a co-contributor. She's really talking. She's thinking, and words. You're doing it right now. They don't mean anything right now. I'm thinking. So that's you're welcome. Boom. Thinking about you're how you're all full of shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had this answer instantly. Okay. Uh, for me, I love the internal fire that comedy gives me. Um, that I you was like missing. Like, what do you mean? Like, passion. Okay. For life. And mm. that was that was something a joke. See, I'm not funny. That was my attempt to be humorous. <laughs> that was something course, that I was missing. For, <laughs> you need to take a class for a while. Yeah, you need to. <laughs> There's this thing called comedic timing. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. <laughs> um, that was something that was definitely missing from my life for a while until I started doing comedy again, and uh, you know, going back to, I think Jason said. Um, having that moment where you're like this is something i've always wanted to do i'm gonna go and do it now finally mm -hmm. that was very much the case for me when i started doing comedy okay this is something i've always wanted to do but i never knew really how to get into it or what to do with it and so when i started doing it um the passion for life like got reignited oh right on inside of me so as much as i love going on stage as much as i love producing shows it's the drive to be a better person to educate myself mm -hmm. to expand on all levels i get that from comedy okay huh it's not just about laughs, guys. Oh, wow. That was, pre just... was pretty good. You must have worked on it a little bit. That's <laughs> just speaking from the heart, you right know? On. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's kind of evolved over the, you know, almost nine years that I've been in comedy. You know, it started out, I just, um, I love doing it. I love that energy. I love being able to make people laugh. Um, Your first open mic. Right, was it an open mic? Well, or the first time, I, the Gab, first time I, I did an open mic before Gab's show. Okay. Yeah, 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 and it was a horrible experience. <laughs> Talk about that. <laughs> you know, it just, it, it, which it, open uh, mic was it? It was, <laughs> it was Beer Hive. Okay. And and, yep. and so there's <laughs> so you know which which ended up being a, a, an enjoyable mic when it moved upstairs, but it, but it was an experience where I, I don't know I don't know how to behave in this world, you know I'm a I'm a do tell I'm, I'm a you know I'm a I'm a 39 was I 39 yeah 39 I wasn't then. there I I'm just know. talking out loud math I was like 38 39 you know math. I've got I've got teenage children do I belong in this world I'm seeing a lot right of on. younger people like right is my it, does my voice what I'm about to say even resonate with yeah, these people? I feel your pain. And yeah, right. So you're sort of going through a lot of that, and um, you know, and I didn't know how to traverse that world. I didn't know that when you walk in and like, who do you talk to? Right, the check in. Yeah, I didn't right have on. a person, you right. know. And that was the first time that I met um, met Kleiber. That he was the mm -hmm. one running that mic, mm -hmm. and um, you know, just kind of came in and and I brought my wife. 
I, you know, I don't, I, I'm like, I'm going to bring somebody. I mean, honey, you're, you're, support. you're on board yeah. with me on this. You're encouraging me. Let's, let's uh, see uh, about this. Well, that's a good thing. At least she was encouraging you. <laughs> oh, she, oh, please. I wouldn't be sitting here with you if it wasn't for my wife's uh, support of what, what my life has become. You right know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like Sarah. I'm, I'm a former retail manager, 17 right years, man. And, uh, you know, ran big box retail stores and, and comedy saved everything for me emotionally, yeah. mentally, and right I, on. You know, the whole mm-hmm. thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was the the, the 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 I don't remember much other than there was another comic there that um, turned out to be one of the most hateful, racist individuals I've ever experienced in in, in our lives, and he's no longer with us. Um, thank you, God. Um, that's that's what happens to okay. those people. But I'm not, right you know, it, it was it was a tough time in comedy in Pittsburgh. There was a, there were some 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 really it was very overwhelming in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. uh, so um, so the experience just was like more not al- more along just the overall experience of standing in front of a, a television playing you know mm-hmm. a, a baseball game that mm-hmm. and people aren't there to see it and not knowing that yeah that's part of it mm-hmm. yeah. that is part of it that is part of you're it, competing you know? with the Steelers yeah you don't in you a don't, different you, way yeah you don't you don't book, you know but but yeah so then the actual experience of doing the show is what like wow this is the greatest drug ever put into it my really body is. you know and, and so it was all about like just wanting to feel that and may and share share my stories share my what i find to be entertaining mm-hmm. and letting people laugh and and having having that that feeling come back and then you know as i continue to do it and got to I got an opportunity to to play in different venues you know and play in front of larger audiences you know did you know i opened for aaron for his special recording so that's 850 people back to back and 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 it was and i love it and it is great um but then i fell in love with the whole thing the business Mm -hmm. of it every part of it the the promotion of it the marketing of it the 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 nuances that working on them i work at like this artist you're going to work out this deal with and then you're going to work this deal out and you're going to you're going to all these different things about the business but for me now the, the 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 thing that truly it is about is getting to see all of these artists develop and see them achieve things that they never thought they would ever achieve doing this. Right on. Getting the chance to be in the same room with a comedy hero, mm-hmm. somebody they idolize, and they get to open for them. Yeah, that that's is, exciting stuff. That mm-hmm. is better for me than me opening for yeah, right my on. heroes. I get it. So, get it. so that's what right, like that, and truly, that's what it's always been for me. Is about I want them to have opportunities. They deserve it. They're so talented. They work so goddamn mm-hmm. hard at this. Mm-hmm. How do we help them achieve whatever they want to achieve? doing comedy right on so right on how do i follow that (laughs) um, i mean my answer is kind of similar like connecting with people whether it's on stage or off is really big so that's connecting and like bringing the audience joy or like bringing um like if i'm teaching or if i'm coaching like seeing uh the performers um like make connections in their brains of like how how does this all work is very satisfying for me and like um yeah making people laugh is like that's such a a cheesy answer but it's awesome yeah uh and um and then i think uh it also like i when i started doing improv like as a child uh 
I was a just nightmarishly shy kid. Okay. And um, and I had done like a lot of visual art. Like I was always doing little crafts and stuff um, around the house. And having having a, a, like a structure to uh, like work with people and be creative with people was really helpful to me. Um, so again, with connections. Um, and then as uh, like as a sort of a theater dork, uh, being able to play any character I want to at any time, totally up to me, right is on. really awesome. Cause like, I might not get cast for some type of role that I'm like, actually like internally really good for, but I don't look right for it. But for for improv, for comedy, like, and for sketch, like I can play whatever I want to. Sure. Uh, which is awesome to me. So. Just like thinking of you as a child doing improv is I love it. The best <laughs> there's like, video. I, there's video. I found an article the other day and like and I found the I was cleaning a uh, one of my closets out and I found the t-shirt from like from what I did it like my first little group in fourth what? grade. It's yeah. <laughs> What? what was the yeah. name of your? What was Dude, the name of I don't your, even have like a sweater from last week. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> I just made a t-shirt quilt <laughs> from like eighteen years of. Well, now you have to make a pillow to go with your quilt. That's so beautiful. It's, that's yeah. amazing. What, what was your fourth grade improv uh, team's name? Slippery bananas. Oh my god! Or something oh, like that. oh my god! Something funny. Um, no, my first group was Purple Crayon Players. Oh. God, it's the perfect name. I know, it's so cute. Um, and then <gasps> that is the, the most pimp kindergarten group pimp. ever. Yeah, oh. purple crayon players. Well, your shirt's purple, at least. And you did purple shirts. Oh, I'm all about yeah. that merch, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the um, and then the group. Uh, there was a like a teen group that I was a part of, where I like toured local libraries in the Oklahoma City metropolitan yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, and like we did improv for other like kids and teens uh, through this program and they were the the comedy commandos. Oh, was the, that's was the good. title. That's yeah, good. yeah. And that's just beautiful. So. Like that so that gives you an understanding of like if we want to talk about art and you want to talk about that. validation of art forms. I mean no somebody doubt. that's been doing it then as young as Beth is and she's like, I got twenty years and you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, in fourth grade and, and yeah. to, I, I'm just like that tells you I mean like no listen, doubt. this is for real. Like and these people are funny and you need to be able to go and, and find them and see this. Mm -hmm. It's 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 special yeah, to it, watch. It's, it's <laughs> the one thing I've um learned from speaking to uh comedians in all disciplines so far is that it's such a organic thing it's it's mm. another thing like so someone who um it doesn't it isn't that i don't have interest in comedy i just never had the ability to make someone laugh i mean and i think most people are that way mm -hmm. and i it, but to sit with you folks and get another feeling and get another expression about how different you're wired differently you yeah. know, to someone oh, yeah. like me, you folks are wired differently. That there's just something hyper observant. Yeah, hyper observant. Yeah, but, but also, the, the, I I tend to think that your ilk is fantastic at turning on a dime and mm -hmm. um, just quicker on the draw. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that's part of I think the the essence mm -hmm. of great comedy, just being quick. Mm -hmm. And I think that that that's the, the separation. That's part of the separation from from the average person which makes you all so funny to us you know because you you can do that certain skill it's it's an organic thing it really is an organic thing that hearing your story doing that your almost your entire life mm -hmm. that's a it's a part of you mm -hmm. right like 
I can't really, I, I kind of envy that, to be honest with you. Like, music to me has oh, been a like part of my to life. Me. Yeah. You know? When she like, first told me that she's been doing improv for 20 years, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, well and unpack that for a second, because if I said to you, I've been doing stand up for 20 years, you would say, Wow! What? No, you would no. be like no, but because it, it, the years in in the world of stand up are totally is, different. It's, it's all about legitimizing mm-hmm. your journey. Yeah, that you now you've oh you've been doing this for twenty years. Oh holy hell! And then but uh, but but in the world of improv, they don't ever really talk about you don't how many years, and it yeah. should be celebrated in the same way. No, why, why is that? But the why thing that, that the thing that's like the most that I really enjoy about comedy, improv, or stand up is that you can have somebody that's 60 and just starting Mm -hmm. or you could have somebody that's 25 and has Mm -hmm. been doing it for 15 years you know so like it kind of knocks out the thing of like age brings the experience Mm -hmm. like it really doesn't work that way in comedy Mm -hmm. no matter what like when it comes to improv like Beth is the person I go to because she has the most experience Got it. and she has been through every kind of situation that you could probably be in when it comes to improv. And so like when we're building out the show, I really lean on her with a lot of the like logistical stuff because she has that background. Right on. You know, same thing with Jason. He's definitely been doing it longer than me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to lean on him when it comes to like the lineup and where I'm putting people or what jokes I'm doing, when I'm doing them and that sort of thing because they have that experience. Now, age-wise, Beth is the youngest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And has the most Years of comedy in, experience of comedy mm-hmm. of active stage in doing the thing, mm-hmm. and, and I really it's, can't it's think of many other avenues, either in business or in creative, where that right plays out yeah. the way right. that it does in comedy. You know, well, well, yeah, I would agree because again, it, it comes from within, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, can, it can start forming at such a young age in a human, whereas maybe other things have more technical skill to them yeah. that don't. and it comes down to opportunity right good like point. like mm-hmm. like good there point. was something that gave that opportunity at that age yeah. whether it was a school program whether mm-hmm. it was her parents were interested right in the arts right um you know so 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 it's about availability and and we really need to Absolutely. continue mm-hmm. to work on breaking down all barriers right on you know whether mm-hmm. it is you know especially economic barriers and making right sure that people and that's why you know it, it, having having a diversity uh, scholarship through the arcade of like listen we have to do and, and that's not enough yep. like we have mm-hmm. to keep working we have to keep working to get everyone's voice heard right and and we have to break down these barriers so but you know I, I I didn't for me I didn't think it was a possibility until I was 39 mm-hmm. my son asked me he goes what if you would have started comedy when you were 19 he goes where do you think you would be right now and I couldn't really answer that yeah. because it was I always loved it, but I never thought it was attainable. I didn't know this existed if I just drove through the Squirrel Hill tunnels right because it, in a way it didn't back then. Yeah. You did have the you know the folks coming up probably in that generation would have been Billy Crawford would have been around that time. Billy and I are close in the same age, um, so when those folks were coming up back then, I I would go see a show at the Improv. I didn't know that the person opening for the person I went to see potentially lives in Greenfield. Got it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a possibility until I was almost 40. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So the you know, but but being able to have things like this that that it, that take what we know about the art and put it out there and mm -hmm. what we do and what mm -hmm. others are doing, mm -hmm. it, this is giving people that look to say, holy hell, yeah, I it doesn't so. matter how I old so. I am. It's not, a, it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be the, it, it, you know, we have, we have, in, we have over, what are the, the improv groups that are um, like the older folks, they, uh, I, I, I oh. forget what they're, but they're all yeah. they're all over the yeah. age. Of, they're all over the age of fifty, mm -hmm. like uh, you know. And so you be careful. You, so you have those. <laughs> yeah. So you have. You, you, there's all. They're these called the senior groups. sillies. Mm -hmm. There you go. Oh. All right. What a Boom. good title. Put that, that down. Good. There yeah. you go. Um, Here's my shirt. See, we need your Yeah. So, I won't yeah. sell, but yeah. <laughs> we'll buy it. You'll yeah. <laughs> sell three. The senior, <laughs> the senior sillies. Uh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um. I guess the great thing about comedy and podcasting is what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. This is what I have found is the beauty. My fear initially in the beginning of starting this podcast was there's no comedians going to come on here. I hear mm -hmm. they love to talk and have a good time, but they're not going to come on here because a because again this is my uninformed mind about what you folks do is that well their act is probably 10 to 20 minutes max and they're going to come on here and i'm going to ask them to talk for two hours two and a half hours and they're going to somehow think that well i'm not going to give my material away for free and i'm not going to meanwhile in my head i didn't understand that it really was about the conversation and the process and their story and everything around that and elevating the art form Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I was like, there's no way that a comedian's going to come on a podcast. So it's mind-numbing to me that you folks, you know, you guard that material. That's what you do, your creative process. But at the same time, you're all of you, to to a man or a woman, have been fun to come on here and just give me everything. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, a, yeah. that's, ama that's, a, that's amazing to me. Because I'll, because I'll tell you, that in some other fields, that might not be the case. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, one thing that was missing from all of our answers of why we do this is ego. Oh, yeah. You, okay? can't, we, you, you have to have some ego. You have to have some good ego. Good ego goes a long way, right? Good ego. And no it, pussy's going to walk around with a ball sh out shirt on, right? okay? <laughs> there it is. You got to have I'm an ego. You got to stand tall. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, so... So giving us I, I, giving us a giving us stand up a platform <laughs> to be able to and and also be real, they're we're mining material. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's got yeah. a podcast now coming out of this. So so there there there's. Yeah, I told you last time you were here, you should have a podcast. Uh, you did, yeah. Yes, you did. So so it's, you're, you're mining material, um, and you're also, um, you know, you're you're being you're being more vulnerable than uh, for a stand-up you're being more vulnerable than you're allowing yourself to be on stage a lot of ways because you are controlling it mm -hmm. right you 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 you've crafted no this, question you know no um, question i didn't look at it from that angle but i think you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean the, this is freeing this is just it is let's just it? let me talk and talk about something because you doing comedy is not normal no this isn't We're normal. We're a bunch of weirdos. It's not normal. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's not normal because then everyone would be able to go up and do it. So, so to be able to um, to share why we why this is so important to us as individuals, and everyone's story is different. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of it. Um, and but do you think podcasting is normal? See, I think the beauty of the whole genre of podcasting. I don't mean the podcasts that are twenty minutes to push a product. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't mind commercialism, and I don't sure. mind making money. I'm a capitalist. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm a time capitalist. Right. But in this format where there isn't any agenda event, it's just go at it and just mm-hmm. have a good time. Mm-hmm. That kind of free-form discussion is very rare. I think it happens in living rooms and coffee shops and, yeah. and, and you mm-hmm. know, but I don't think it's shown to the public very often. You know, very few, very, very few long-form, really unvarnished kind of conversations, which I think is the perfect format for what you folks do and who you folks are. Wouldn't you say? I I think podcasting is just the evolution of radio. Sure, if you like talk radio, I yeah, love talk like radio. You know, they used to have like talk radio was a thing back in the day, and then Howard Stern was like sure. put a camera in We're front Stern of my kid. face, yeah. and then that became like a radio show turned podcast, and then like from I feel like Howard Stern was like probably the first yeah. video mm-hmm. audio podcaster yeah. mm-hmm. who like really televised. He wasn't. He, I agree, his thing, Sarah. He was. He, he, he wasn't tethered. He hates them. <laughs> but well, he, now but he, he does. But he, but, you know, he started. It, it. Oh yeah, essentially, because yeah. I can't think of anybody before. Howard Stern that did they always say Adam that Carolla kind of started right? oh Adam yeah Carolla, Adam yeah. Carolla okay yeah it's I yeah I think we're in a, an interesting Adam Curry ep- too, I think. interesting evolution of the you know I'm a big podcast listener yeah. I listen to probably 12 13 a week right on you know, I just what I have on when I'm driving. It's what I have in my yeah. ear when I'm doing. It's so wonderful because you can select what the heck you want. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. an open palette. Yeah. You know? I think what the longer form. It's because uh, why you don't see as many is because advertisers have said that oh, no, America don't. is not going to listen to anything longer than 45 minutes. Well, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Some of us will. And Rogan it, proved okay. that wrong. Love or hate yeah. Joe Rogan. That format. Sure. That, the, the, I'm going to talk about his format. The sure. format sure. of like putting it out there. Yeah. There was an audience that stayed yeah. the whole time, and mm-hmm. I think that was mm-hmm. the phenomenal thing that, mm-hmm. like, people looked in on that and said, "Oh, yeah. people will hang around for two yeah. hours." I'm if- definitely like very selective with podcasts mm-hmm. and what I will and won't listen to, and like, really for me, it just comes down to time. Mm-hmm. Do I, I have yeah, time to listen? Because I have there are some podcasts that I watch and listen to that are like an hour and a half. Yeah, but I know I can only listen to those when you want on a Wednesday yes you know what I mean like and then there's other ones that are 20 minutes 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh that's a dog walk podcast cool yeah um so it it really just for me like comes down to time and also what people are taught like I don't want to listen to some dumb shit you know like Mm -hmm. I want to listen to like real intelligent conversation where I'm learning and also relating to where it's like oh yeah we I was just having this conversation and now Mm -hmm. I'm hearing it from these people's perspectives and Mm -hmm. um that sort of thing so I don't know I think I think this is going to be brave to say but balls out balls out (laughs) man balls out I think it's very uh assuming to think that podcasting is this new great thing Mm -hmm. you know like i really believe podcasting is the evolution of radio Mm -hmm. you know you had just radio you had mtv when they played music videos Mm -hmm. those two things started to mesh together mm -hmm. or even to take you a step further i think it's a i think it's a um i i think it's an evolution of talk conversation shows in general yeah Yeah. when you see what conan has done conan is feeling more love for doing his podcast because Mm -hmm. he's loving the ability to have a long 
discussion. Where that was on my his, point. Where on his TV show, mm-hmm. he only got a seven-minute thing. They've that's, also got to plug the movie that the person's in. That's really my mm-hmm. only point, to be honest yeah. with you. Because, I mean, that's why I wanted a visual show, because yeah. I... I listen to audio podcasts, but there was something visceral for me yes. where I'd put up in the corner of my, my computer screens while I'm doing mm-hmm. work. I would want to kind of see the inflection mm-hmm. of the person yeah. giving once in a while. I didn't expect, I've never expected anybody to dial into uh, one of my longer shows and they do. I don't get it, but watch the whole show. That's mind numbing to me to someone will sit right. and watch for mm-hmm. three and a half hours. And that's yeah. nuts. But it might be in the background of what they're doing. Exactly. And they're like, yeah. I do that all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I'll be laying exactly. on my couch with my laptop yeah. open and I'll put on a podcast on YouTube. 100%. Yeah, um, I mean, that's why, I, like, binging Netflix series, like, mm-hmm. I'll binge eight episodes during a work day yeah. with no problem. Do yeah. I know exactly what happened during those ep- eight episodes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless but you text me the entire time. That was uh, the most fun <laughs> I've ever had text messaging. Yeah, I had to finish, a, like, writing a grant for work, so I just put my phone on like don't do not disturb but i i told her I was she like, gave hey. me permission i was like you text me as much as you want because i'm farther along in this show uh i was catching that we're up. both watching yeah. like you just text me as much as you want and so then like i i submitted the grant like a couple hours later and i go back to my phone and i think i had like a hundred text messages <laughs> yeah, because i was like i took her permission yeah, as yeah. i want real time what was the what show you are thinking love is blind season two love is blind season uh, okay. two i don't know that one Hot trash. I got a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. watching that now. Hot trash. Yeah. Is it? Hot trash. Yeah. And, <laughs> mind you, Beth reminded me that I had seen season one, even <laughs> though I didn't remember at yeah. all. Yeah. Well, because that was like, like, it came out and then the pandemic happened. Uh, Is that what okay. it was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's yeah. a gap in there. There was a gap. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely was like texting her things like, oh my God, look at his socks. Just he needs to close his mouth while breathing. Yeah, she is that girl. Damn, <laughs> like yeah. those were the text messages. So, yeah. like, had you not watched the show? Oh my god, that's no idea great. But I knew exactly what she <laughs> yeah. was talking about. Yeah. And then it got to a point where I was like, I need to stop. I need to, stop. but I want to keep going. Okay, the dog needs to go for a walk. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That was fun, but man, what a train wreck. <laughs> and I can thank Beth for bringing uh, well, all of that into my life. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so your thought is that there's no that podcasting isn't breaking any ground from what talk radio, talk radio, and inter, interview formats and so forth on the radio really started. You say that there hasn't been really any new ground broken. That's your position. I mean, NPR's been around for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's just that I, don't, I, I don't just think, think it's it, becoming more more mainstream. I mean, it's just the mainstream of it, right? I think it's like, just the next step. It's more the next people evolutionary are accepting step. it, you know? Yeah. Would you say that uh, one of the beauties of it is that the, um, the ease of entry is available to pretty much yes. anyone, mm-hmm. whereas, yeah. on a, on, and they have a platform, whether people tune in or not, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. But, but I think because uh, we just couldn't start a talk radio show in the early no. '90s, we right. couldn't get a, we couldn't. Mm-hmm. There's no way to broadcast it, right? Yeah. But now, in conjunction with what the web has brought us, we can just put yeah. It out but there. I mean, if you had the connections and you had the hustle to get into a radio station and do a radio show, 
then but you know it's, more it's power to you. I did. I did. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I did. I did do exactly what you said, and it sucked because I had to break every three and a half minutes for some kind of commercial or sure, commercial sure. read. I wasn't really in charge of my own material. I mean, it really wasn't. There was nothing great about the three and a half years I did it. I didn't yeah. like it, and that kind of that experience led me to do this. Yeah, yeah. right that, after yeah. we were close. Yeah, I mean, and it's there's. I mean, there's not a lot of that in 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 radio now. Like as far as those freedoms, it's very you know obviously with you know corporate iHeart and different mm-hmm. things that have happened yeah. but you know Pittsburgh is a little bit different I mean DVE the morning show yeah. right? it mm-hmm. still has its roots we've oh, listened yeah, to it since sure. we were kids for sure absolutely it's evolved over time and I think that it is and especially when comedians talk about going and doing morning radio yeah. um, when they come to towns it used to be that you had to do that to sell tickets yeah, right. well, now, now you don't have to because of social media right. Right. but when they come to Pittsburgh they still do that morning show mm-hmm. because they get comedy because they don't get to mm-hmm. have them come on and yuck it up and be and you know I want you to do this funny bit that we're doing you know mm-hmm. because yeah, these yeah. two guys in Indianapolis think they're funny yeah comedians you know they come to Pittsburgh and they know that this is a smart comedy audience here mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pittsburghers Pittsburghers are they'll eat up comedy they'll, they'll, they'll why do you think that is because we've had the <laughs> we got bad air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's the air uh, makes us depressed. <laughs> we got bad water too. We got bad. We got bad water. We got I, bad air. You know, I, I will say bad that drivers. I, I think Pittsburghers are just funny in general. They just mm-hmm. they're up. You know, Obviously, the so many people that like just funny. The funniest people that I know do not do comedy. Yeah, yeah. The funniest people in my life. That's fun. Do that's not funny. do comedy. Like that no. guy, the, the, the guy funny. that works at you know the guy that works at your local pizza shop. That every time you come in, it is the funniest dude. The you know, I come on. And if to, you tell them like you should do comedy, they're like, eh, no, uh, no, I got yeah. time for that. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. On that. <laughs> I don't know. I think Pittsburghers have like a real um, reputation for being nice people just nice people mm-hmm. in general i've heard mm-hmm. a lot of people come in from out of town and like that's usually one of the first things they, they say about from Pittsburgh. like instead of saying like <laughs> you know oh we went to this building or whatever they're like people are just really nice and i think it comes down to i think their experience <laughs> comes down to i if you ask a pittsburgher directions that's a performance <laughs> Because yeah. you know it is a yeah. performance, and and we just, we've heard it a couple those, times on this people. podcast. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Look at yeah. it, like, yeah. the, like the directional thing. Like, come on now, yeah. that's comedy. Yeah, that's hilarious to me. Like somebody from out of the town, you're like, you're gonna go two blocks and turn on the fourth street. We don't Vaughn know the Mead. names. There's yeah. the church. Look across the street from the church. That's yeah. it. I but, think too, like you know, Pittsburgh has been through some stuff, and yeah, yeah. those of us that are born and raised here and still here you know we've seen the evolution of the city and you know what do they say about like some of the funniest things come out of the most destitute times like i think that definitely comes into play when it comes into the city we also have a huge jazz scene Mm -hmm. and history oh the arts in general that doesn't really get talked about we always had a strong jazz audience Mm -hmm. in town but to Say that to someone who isn't from Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're you like, think what? That. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too, <laughs> you it's know? too culture for those. Yeah, those yinzers. but I do think that like those two things kind of go hand in hand for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Pittsburgh, yeah, we have an amazing mm-hmm. symphony too. I mean, it's oh, a, and it, it, but it's you know, 
people outside of Pittsburgh can't believe it when they experience it. Like that's yeah. that's the Pittsburgh Symphony. I think it, really. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the thing about comedy is that we're, it's 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 more accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the groundbreaking yeah, part. The laugh. groundbreaking part of podcasting. Yeah. is the accessibility factor yes. in that mm-hmm. anybody can start doing yeah. it. Anybody, anybody can can do what they want to do now. And that was not the case 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I think the uh, you know modern uh, or traditional channels of, of media is probably trying to either reinvent themselves or try to figure out like what's mm-hmm. next. They got to be running scared to some degree, financially speaking. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it'll happen overnight, but there's got to be an erosion of the of the revenue base at some point because there's just only you know there's only so much time, and there's now mm-hmm. there's all these different things to attract the eyeballs and you know but those more, ad dollars go to the new the new thing yeah, and then think. it comes to this and then it kind of messes this up that's my point and, and you if you've been a podcast listener for any time uh, you remember the glory days of listen to your favorite podcast and there was one ad read man. so 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 now it, i mean listen conan dropped an episode that is nothing but ads and he's jokingly he packaged up because his ad reads are epic epic they're great they're hilarious but he just dropped the podcast that's just and uh, I don't know, 45 minutes of nothing but ads of oh, all it. of his ad recordings over the past two years or whatever. Um, but but what's interesting about podcasting, not everyone's doing it for money. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want... I think most right, Eric. What you're doing here, you. I mean, Eric has an amazing setup. If you you know, if you don't see it on YouTube, if you're not if you're not listening on YouTube, watching it, you've got to see what he has here. This in as a podcast fan mm-hmm. this is a great experience mm-hmm. you know you. we've that done you know we'll do podcasts on couches with just holding yeah, mics sure. right. and, and there's, nothing, and wrong with there's that. nothing wrong with that not it doesn't matter it's content right but this yeah. but th- but this is but you're not also looking for ad dollars and you could no interest you could package this deal into something if that was something you wanted yeah. to do. And, and if you end up doing that yeah. that's perfectly fine too but the idea that podcasting can be done because you just want to have general good conversations and meet people mm-hmm. yeah. and learn about them that's my kind of podcast and i think a lot of people are using their podcasts to to supplement something that they're already doing you know Mm -hmm. so you might have a musician who has a podcast about oh yeah their music or music they like or whatever i mean like i've been accused of like using this not accused i mean again that's a bad word to use but i've been I've been told or spoken about and that I'm using this to grow my real estate practice. Okay. I don't really see that. So what? Then do okay. it. But, but grow I mean, your real estate. If it's an offshoot, if that's it's, not it's what a, your intention it's is, a, yeah. it's an brand, offshoot. It's, it, may be, yeah. it may help uh, whatever that even means. I mean, it's a brand recognition thing. So maybe yeah. the client knew about me for yes. some other reason besides mm-hmm. my realtor work. The brand is strong. Yeah, where did I just see that? Probably from me. Yeah, she posts that all the time. Branding's There was a commercial. No, no, no. It comes from Deuces America. And they are always mm-hmm. saying the brand is strong because yeah. of their like bodega days. But yeah. jokingly, when Beth and I started Nubby Neighbors, that was something that I really was adamant about was yeah. that the brand was strong because I wanted people to see yeah. our it's stuff important. and be 100%. like, oh, Nubby Neighbors, like instantly, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And now oh, brand, I literally cannot like walk past the color green without thinking. <laughs> right? the brand. I just <laughs> said, so good. Yeah. And I love it. I, you know, I put Arcade Comedy stickers on 
on hand sanitizers. You have yeah. to, man. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how ridiculous. I mean, it's branding. It is about mm -hmm. a brand. It's about creating confidence. Yeah. It's about Absolutely. creating trust. And that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to do here with the show. In that uh, wide range of people, all different kinds of philosophies. We intentionally stay away from politics. It does creep in because I don't tell my guests what to talk about. Sure. I don't go in there with the outset of asking questions politically because they can get that elsewhere. Yeah. But mm -hmm. everything else is on the table. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And I mean, if somebody says like, "Oh, this podcast is just through your real estate," like, boo fucking who? You're not the one making the, the money, part selling is we've, the we've houses, we've and doing the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Well, that, like, you know, that's, I mean, like, <laughs> if all of a sudden there does become the uh, you know the the segment of the podcast yeah. that is about real estate and about how to uh, what the value of the market is, then mm -hmm. then maybe you are tiptoeing it. But it's your choice. It's your yeah. program. Yeah. It's and your like, who yeah. cares? That's no a that's a game that's a game that I dip my toe in for uh, about oh, a year, and I would tell you. Take every opportunity you can to promote yourself in a good, wholesome, good way. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I was doing that. I, I had success in real estate before I did this yeah. podcast, mm -hmm. and I did this podcast out of just curiosity. And I I just mm -hmm. was looking at some of these national podcasters going, they're doing, I'm not doing anything special. Yeah. I can do that in Pittsburgh. I don't know if anybody will tune in, and if it doesn't work, I'll quit. Yeah. But it just, it just look at look at a place, right? Yeah, it just kept cool. going. So my point is, but I didn't need to tie it to anything. No. In right. the beginning, I, in the beginning, I'm thinking, well, I have to monetize this because I'm a, you know, I'm a small business guy. How do I make this functional? And then finally, I had a good, good friend of mine say, "What are you doing? Because you got the means, just go have fun. Yeah, make mm -hmm. it completely non-commercial, blow everybody's mind, yeah. and keep and stay that way. And then as soon as I did that. Everything changed. The guests changed. My attitude toward things. My questioning. My inner. My conversation changed. Yeah. It was freeing, man. Yeah, once you, you take, take money the, out of take it, take the money yeah. out of anything and watch how it changes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, mm -hmm. people. It, it's a tough concept. I've had really good friends and re recurring guests walk in here and say, "Okay, what's the hook? So, you know, come on, what's the plan here?" Because everybody is so predisposed that it has to be a money component. Let me right? ask you this. What is the demographic of the people that are asking you these questions or saying these things to you? That's a good question. Uh, okay, hold on. I can tell you real quick. They're over 45, 50. Mm -hmm. And there's men and women probably there's been a, quite a few probably a little more men than women but they've all been over 45 I'm confident yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. confident that those yeah. are the people that don't have just like hobbies for joy right that's know? definitely yeah, but that's a generation <laughs> yeah but what, what we're, the hell's wrong but with what us? we're saying is <laughs> for us mm -hmm. to hear what you're saying is not a new idea yeah because yeah demographically speaking it is that age range yeah and it is it is that mindset where everything you do has to be about money right you know right. and i think that you right. know going back to what you were saying about like ads and you know that that kind of money what mm -hmm. i'm seeing is people who are younger generations are not trying to bank on corporations they're banking on themselves yeah, they, as they they're should. making merch that's based should. off of themselves mm -hmm. and their personalities mm -hmm. and their work does. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's what his son does like mm -hmm. and i think that's the major change mm -hmm. and i think that it the 
the older people who are still in the CEO positions of those advertising firms and are trying to get at this new talent don't mm-hmm. understand that. Because mm-hmm. they don't need them. We don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like and I'm in that weird like yeah. elder millennial space mm-hmm. where like I knew of a world without internet, but I also watched the internet grow. Yeah. And so I think people in my age bracket, we can kind of flip flop back and forth in a way that other um, age ranges can't, but it really has turned into me taking a chance on myself Amen. before anything else. And it wasn't always that way of thinking when it came to doing stuff like this. You know, there was a monetary end goal, so to speak, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a lot of people that are older. And I think younger people are just like, we're not playing that game. We're not part of that system. Yeah, you, I think you nailed it because yeah. I, I look around. Uh, I know I did. One, oh, <laughs> I know you did. None of my none of my, my sphere folks that I grew up with, my kids I went to high school with that I still talk to, that group. No one gets this. They're mm-hmm. a, a, a mid fifties person. Most of them are already in a different part of their life, doing different things. Yeah, wonderful. But not not where I'm at, or not where I really want to be. I have no interest there, so they don't get any of this. But it seems like everyone much younger than I completely understand it with no issues. It's a weird for me. I'll share with you. It's a weird place to be. Right on. So I'm a Gen. I'm, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. So um, I'm. A, I, I love generational talk. I love looking at generations and how we've how we've changed over. You know generations to become more accepting of certain things mm-hmm. and 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 so that understanding of the monetization and, and I will tell you that uh, that the, your friends in your age group mm-hmm. that that don't get it they wish they did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they wish they had something this fucking cool mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that's you know they're going like it depends on where they're at in the stage of their life well, of when they'd be able to make that happen. You, you know? do hope, mm-hmm. but the yeah. chances are they don't. They go to work, they come home, they go and they get a you know. For me, I, it's 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 been the greatest thing I've ever done is be a father. You right know? on. And, right on. And, it, and and but it, but there comes a point where you got to be like, hey man, there's got to be happiness in life on all sides. So yeah. how do we help mm-hmm. each other be sure. happy? And you're singing my song. That's you know, it. so mm-hmm. it's about bringing joy and, and living a life. And and I want to live this life. I don't want this life to live me. Yeah. And like for so many years, I think it was the opposite. It was like when I was growing up, it was very much go to college, get a job, work your Mm -hmm. way up. If you didn't go to college, you were done. You were done. And like work your way up the corporate ladder until Mm -hmm. one day you retire and you know and that's when you get to have fun and that's when yeah. you get to have fun and then fun. you're old you're old and you're broken down yeah. <laughs> and you, yeah, and you, you can't, can't physically do the you shit you want to do right. so keep yourself healthy young it's a bad, it's a bad cycle yeah, yeah and, bad I, cycle. and I think there's been a major shift in that and I think mm-hmm. it's from people like you who grew up during that era and time and you're like wait a minute there's still more to life there's still more that I'm doing yeah. and then those kids saw those people kind of breaking out of that shell yeah. and like oh that's mm-hmm. cool they're doing something else mm-hmm. you know we gotta yeah we have to learn from each other like that 100%. younger these younger generation nothing, nothing will piss me off more than watching a, some comic going in on millennials and I'm like you are losing the sight of what they have brought to us like we you, we have to step back I'm fortunate because the majority of the people that I get yeah. to hang out with in this business are 
younger than yeah. me and yeah. I get to see them work and oh. I get to see yeah. them mm-hmm. and how they care about others and the empathy that it's they di- have. It's so and, different. Uh, my mind's ex- has ex- listen, uh, three years and two weeks. For two weeks from now, it'll be the three year anniversary of us doing this with your show 256. I can't believe wow. I'm saying That's that. Awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. But thank you um, for what it is. But the person I was when I started the podcast, my view of the world and other people, vastly different mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. my mind's been thrown in 15 different directions my experience with people and and to see what i have missed by mm-hmm. my own intentional ignorance because you get as you get older you tend to get really narrow-minded yeah you know that's i think mm-hmm. it's a phenomenon so to force myself to get out of that could only happen by spending time with people of different age demographics Mm-hmm. And it's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, you got to get out there. Yeah. You got to mix no it qu- up. There's no question. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Y'all have fun? Yeah. Yeah. Beth? <laughs> yeah. Have fun? Yeah. Yeah. Jason, you have fun? I did, Sarah. I did. That was a good time. Eric? Yeah. How about did you, you? Have fun? Have fun? <laughs> well, then we did what we wanted to do. Yeah. That's all we wanted to do is have fun today. Yeah, man. So talk a little bit. Uh, and we, we do date the shows, okay? I think it's at oh, the okay. end of February. Sure. What's the date today? 24th? 25th? 25th of February. What's going on? Give me, give me all three of you. What you know? This show will be out in a couple of days. So what do you mm-hmm. want to talk about? What's coming up here? Nebe. Silence. Nebe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. We have yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, we have our yeah. one year anniversary of Nubby Neighbors, mm-hmm. March 26th. How cool is it? That came <laughs> yeah. out of the pandemic. That, that's going to be something that's going to last a long time, but it was mm-hmm. came out of the pandemic mm-hmm. era. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It came out of That's it crazy was good. Someone else asked me this the other day, and yeah. you know my memory. Did I talk to you about the show before the pandemic happened? And um, then the pandemic happened, and we made it? No, it was... Um, so we were we were at a, a weekly like Zoom rehearsal for yeah yeah select start and and I had said like and we we had done um, I think maybe one or two online Zoom shows that were very just like we're doing some short form improv games pretty standard and then I uh, uh, had a discussion with with everybody on the team like hey what are ideas you have for like other yes. new shows what can we do that's, okay. that's like fun and themed or like does anyone have any ideas for that and so that was i think june it 2020 and it was then it was a cold june 2020 <laughs> i remember <laughs> it being cold and um. being like hey beth let's do this show yeah and so like the earliest earliest idea was like you had mentioned like I want to do something with like next door posts. Then, yeah. And then we didn't talk about it for like six months. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> and then and then um and then I got reached out to for doing um like women's history month uh, programming. Okay, yeah. That was going to be March of 21. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was like, "Man, I'm really busy." Who has a good idea? And I like went back through my notes from that yeah. June chat of like, That's okay, right. uh, who's a lady with a good idea right. <laughs> that I can like co-produce with? Um, and then so then I reached out to you and I was like, okay, I'll help you with like, here's how to do a show. Yeah. Um, but like, let's use your uh, crazy Next. awesome ideas yeah. and then like turn that in. Uh, Didn't it, so. you tell me a yeah. neighbor? or a somewhat neighbor was the spearhead for this some insanity that you were dealing with on a regular basis 
There was a um, <laughs> dispute over. <laughs> there was a dispute over um, Safe Streets signs on oh, my yeah. block. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that post in particular had like I think two hundred and seventy some comments right on, on yeah. it that ranged from very serious to very ridiculous, <laughs> and um, and that was the one that like pushed me over the Got edge. It. That was like mm-hmm. we're gonna do a show out of this yeah yeah um but yeah (laughs) Yeah. you're right it was like a good six months before we actually even started to think about like executing it yeah i think we it was just like a blip it was like (laughs) yeah january or february (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i don't even think we had that much time we had like maybe two weeks to put it together holy and you were like yeah because i got reached out to like maybe end of February yeah. of 21 and it was like can you do something and I was like yeah I think like Sarah has a really good idea let's turn it into something and you were like two weeks In and two I was like weeks? okay I have this like I can do the structure of it I can do the tech because we've been doing Got a it. monthly like improv show already yeah. and then it was just like let's just figure out how to like what's going to be overlay the mm-hmm. the neighborly bits and it was and just so perfect the way it started the first mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the, for me watching the first episode and i i had a general idea of what they were working on and right. I think mm-hmm. there might have been some videos you shared with me of like some, some people were doing some pre-recorded bits and i'm just mm-hmm. laughing um but it was the start of it being you know with the mr rogers theme like written just, by Beth. Yeah, yes. yeah. That was you know rewritten, and yep. then and then Sarah comes out, and she takes off her um her her, her hoodie and put, puts on another one. You yeah. did like a yeah. Mr. Rogers right. kind of thing. Yeah, like right. we had yeah. a nod. We had a, we haven't still have a nod yeah. to Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Yeah, so, so that mm-hmm. right away, and then and then just watching. I mean, they're the, the bits of just like are the yeah. lights off, like the li- are yeah. your lights off, like a running bit. Like yeah. they were playing with running bits across episodes that just speak to my comedy nerdness. And yeah, it was yeah. amazing. It was kind of like not. I don't want to encourage putting a show together in two, <laughs> two weeks, weeks. <laughs> um, ever to anyone. But I will say that, like, having Beth as my partner in that was probably the best person that I could have had right on. during that time because of her experience. And she had already, like, figured out Zoom Prov before we did Zoom this. Zoom Prov. Yeah. Yes. So, like, <laughs> we call it. so when it came down to you know making out the running order and everything she already had all that ready to go because she had been doing it for select start got it so really it was just like sarah go find the content put it in a doc and then email it to me Mm -hmm. you know like that and we've kind of we've continued that over time right um and then i think we did like four online shows Mm -hmm. uh four online shows five online because we had the rochester fringe festival Mm-hmm. That was online. Yeah. And then we had a s- Oasis show. Yeah. Our, our first live in-person show was outdoors. Was outdoors. Uh, um, yeah. And so that was funny because we were like, we don't have the computer screen. <laughs> yeah. We, gonna do? we don't have a projector <laughs> to even be able to like sort of do something similar. So then we, <laughs> we made like, uh, how many, how many of those Stinking like we had four boards. posts and we had five per 
Yeah, they, no, wait, they basically took, no, they basically, we had, they we took had, the printed out. They took the screenshots. We went straight and cra- analog. Arts and crafts, right? Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah we went. Arts we and went, crafts time. We went yeah. from going to an online show to straight analog, and yeah. Beth hand wrote wow. each post out. It on, was like thirty. Yeah, like every giant poster boards that we would hold up, and then we like. Painted, painted the them. icons it was crazy. and, and, and like so every cool. flat yeah. surface in my house was covered in these poster boards of yeah. like posts yeah. from yeah. next door. We painted oh like cardboard props for things. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was amazing to watch as yeah. well because we evolved from doing our shows outside at first was mm-hmm. more of just like survival of it. And oh, then, sure. then yeah. when it evolved sure. and we came back the following year and we were doing them, it was, you know, we started mm-hmm. to see that creativity towards the tail end of the first year mm-hmm. too. We started seeing some of the creativity and the work that people were putting in, which then validated and made me feel good no for, for what we were doing mm-hmm. and going out and setting up in a, you know, in an old lot, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And yeah. setting up tables yeah. and chairs right and, on bringing tech in and doing all the cleanliness and everything mm-hmm. we had to do mm-hmm. setting up a box office the right whole on. thing in a vacant in an old vacant lot in downtown Pittsburgh wow. and then mm-hmm. see them come in and see all the work they put mm-hmm. in yep. and I was like oh man this, this is why is we do it. this mm-hmm. it was just so wild like brain capacity wise to go from an online show to yeah. a stripped down analog stage yeah. show and then mm-hmm. now kind of and now that we have the stage indoors Mm -hmm. we can hybrid the two and bring them together Uh so we still have video elements we still have um the post readings but they're on a projected screen um we're not gonna write out on poster board ever again ever again we might who knows well yeah never say never we could tour somewhere (laughs) yeah (laughs) right without a projector right um the best is getting a text message from sarah in the middle of a week yeah. going, hey, you seem like a guy that has a guy that can get us a shopping cart. <laughs> 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 and, and, and I, and here, yeah. in full disclosure. What are you trying to do, Jason? What's that? What are you trying to do? <laughs> what are you trying to incriminate well, I, me? No, no, no. There I was, mean, we I, don't not have a shopping cart. Right. It's whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying you we, do or um, you don't. We do. So, I'll yeah. totally incriminate myself. I don't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> that you know, was the greatest day when you took so, the shopping cart. It was so funny. So, but. But I, I did think. You would be the and one. I, yeah. And I, in a full disclosure, like honest, for the first time, full. I, I could have got you on. I mentally and emotionally could not juggle that task at that time. Yeah. So I had to tell he you. He looks no. like a guy who would yeah. know a guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Like Suzanne Lawrence hit me up a couple weeks ago. She goes, This might seem really random and off the wall, but you seem like a guy that's got a helium connection. <laughs> yeah. Jason's that guy for sure. Yeah. You know? And yeah. he does. Did I do? <laughs> but I think it was like three hours later I texted you back and got I was it. like, I got it. Because I, 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 I knew she would yeah. i'm not letting her down i'm like i know i, I can make this happen you, but that I'm not going improv to. Was, we had rehe- yeah so we had an in-person re- our first in-person rehearsal with the cast for this <laughs> show it was going to be our first um like in-person at the theater right. show and we were all so excited like wow oh, no, you, i was yeah. talking about before we even got the shopping cart and everyone oh. was at select start practice and it was like oh yeah there was a, there's like a lawyer like every logistical yes. person was like sarah mm-hmm. don't do this 
but that's still what it was. Cart yeah, we about were borrowing yeah. the shopping cart. Yeah, because yeah. you asked everybody else, I think too, or, and we were like talking, like, "Oh, we're so excited for the for the in person Nebby. We really want, yeah, yeah, we really yeah. want to get a shopping cart for this one bit." Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like we have like. Uh, we have a lawyer. We uh -huh. have a guy that works for the CDC. We uh -huh. have like an accountant. Um, gosh, who we have just a, somebody a that, whole team. Yeah, of, like of medical researchers. Yeah. Like, and Every so walk silly. of life you could possibly think of is in this improv team. Yeah, and, and they're listening to me tell them yes. what I want to do. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, no. No, okay, and these are the reasons. And you know, like, and then, like, if you take it from here, then, like, yeah. it was... You got one, like, though, right? They're, like, looking stuff up, like, this could yeah. possibly be a felony, depending yeah, on where... Yeah, let me tell you what kind of felony it's going to be. Yeah, yeah like, and then I get in the car... That would stop you. And, and, <laughs> and you drop, like, you drop someone I off who is like, do not take me with, with you. you. I do not want... She was very adamant. Yeah. Like, I do not want to be a part of this at all. Yes. And I was like, okay, no problem. Then I found out that shopping carts now have trackers in them. Um, sir, I don't think Pittsburghers, Pittsburgh shopping carts do, but they I know that they do. Some of them do. Who yes, has that? Absolutely have. Who's because I thought a friend of mine was going to commit this crime with me. Oh. And he is the one that told me... <laughs> Do yeah. not do this. They have trackers they're, they're, in them. Yeah, Listen, they're always littered throughout Coriolis, but you could have came up here because and just apparently you gotta you have to go you have to go to that like that independent one that yes. <laughs> like, yeah. or, or the, well listen yeah. I got one yes, yes. you just did you, you take the branding off. off it someone already uh -huh. had mm -hmm. removed said tracker uh -huh. yeah I there were it. like three on your way too you were like yeah. should I get that one no still I had my choice still looks pretty good uh, and then you put this one where, like where do they hide the tracker is it in a wheel it's in yeah it's yeah. in the wheel because I know that's where in Florida is when I first seen mm -hmm. them I seen them at uh, and I had no idea I didn't know that was a thing but it's definitely yeah. a mm -hmm. thing but this one was busted out but dummy me adrenaline going didn't think to like look for the tracker until I got to my house. Oh. So I definitely led them right to my How home. funny would it have been? You junior criminal. That, yeah. you, was that the pictures with Bev Conrick, right? That mm -hmm. she's coming she's through in the it. curtain. She's yeah. in it. And at that time, the cops all come in. It would have been amazing. And, yeah. and you should have staged it. That would have been hysterical. Like, it would have been amazing. Track. Maybe, that's the maybe we bring back that bit and then now we got a tracker. So anyways, there we go. We could. Workshop. But yeah. Mm -hmm. March 26th, we're doing our one year. Yeah. And we're going to do, like, um, we're going to reflect back yes. on yeah. some older Put posts. Away, right? That, that have now have more comments. More comments well. and also they updated matured. versions. Uh -huh. They matured. Yeah, mm -hmm. updated, updated, like, hey, remember this? <laughs> remember that cat that was missing? Well, yeah. This, it's missing again. It's actually like not the same cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's going to be really fun. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that that yeah. show. Well, people yeah. should be out more in the summer and the spring and better weather ahead oh, of us, you know? Yeah. It's a challenge for us, mm -hmm. but... Oh, the, oh, really? Sure. Oh, the winter's... Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, We've got to get after it now. Because when, when the weather breaks, then our audiences dip. Because now we're competing with, mm -hmm. um, you know, outdoor sports. And we've got uh, to right do all mm -hmm. the different so things. So it's reversed yeah. then for you folks. Yeah, the yeah. summers are difficult okay. in the comedy yeah. business. You, you pretty much... That's when your touring comics will sort got of it. come home base and kind of hang tight a little huh. bit. So the winter's mm -hmm. the months then. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. people want to get out, but they can't... Especially in the Northeast, they can't go out-out. But yeah. now we're competing with, you know, you know people wanting to be outdoors so mm -hmm. we might have to be a little creative with those things okay and mm -hmm. and just sort of scale back a little bit and pick your moments yeah. you know so it'll be good but yeah. and then 
um, Greer. Well, no, we have, well, before that, I mean, yeah, we've got, um, well, next week, oh, the week. week that this is on, and we've got, um, we've got Nori Davis is in from oh, New York, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the 4th and the 5th, he's doing four shows, and oh, right um, it's exciting to have, um, it, it is sort of a pipeline to New York. Uh, for stand-ups to be making their way to Pittsburgh, and yeah, this will yeah, be yeah. this will be Nore's. We've been I've been on Nore for boy five years is when he first popped on my radar and was like, wow, this is special. This is a special comic, right? On. And um, you know, we've just we had them we had them booked for 2020, and um, mm-hmm. and then we had to had to let that go. And it was you know we, we lo- several a couple of the bookings that we had. You know, the majority of our stuff is all it's all local. We're incubating, yeah. but yeah, we're gonna yeah, yeah. we're gonna have national touring oh, folks right that are coming mm-hmm. that come through. You know? Right on. Um, and um, so we you just don't know if they're going to be back. I don't know if Nori going to be a comedian still. And he ended up putting out an amazing, amazing. special during the pandemic. And um, I cannot wait to get him here um, to introduce Pittsburgh, to introduce the arcade right to him. And he has uh, we have the lo- we have local uh, comedian and uh, Brittany Alexis that oh, yeah. will be uh, Brittany uh, done uh, the show. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have Brittany on with uh, doing the four shows with him. Right um, is she moving to Erie? She's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's got. She still. She still has a place here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. she's still. She's still going to be pretty much in Pittsburgh. She'll be teaching for us. So our next session uh, right of classes on. are right going on, on mm-hmm. sale uh, within the next uh, the next week. Um, so the next session of improv classes, stand up classes, um, and um, so we're getting ready to have those out there and get for sale. So cool. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of good stuff. And then um, yeah, we've got uh, two great stand up shows that we're uh, producing over at the Greer uh, Theater um, uh, the, the Greer Cabaret that is uh, right you know we're meeting potatoes yeah. in Theater Square mm-hmm. yep. um, so we started doing some I started putting together some arcade shows over there oh, right on. Um, with a bigger venue and, and yeah. initially was helping them out with reopening so they could have some soft shows and things right. and and now we're going to start uh, booking a little bit more and getting local comics uh, a bit larger so some arcade produced shows at the Greer mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. what it is yep Yep, yep, yep. Oh, very cool. And then we'll, at the, on the same night, we'll have arcade shows happening at the arcade. Oh, right on. And so you'll have this one. And right it'll, on. It'll, it'll be some different things like that. Look at you moving on up. Well, no, I think it's more, <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's one of those things for the arcade that, you know, we have a mission and we've got to stay true to the mission and, yeah. and, and not, but, but, but what the pan, what we've learned, we've built relationships over this time. You know, we've come together, sure. whether it was, um, you know, with GPAC, which mm-hmm. is a consortium of all the um, theaters. Uh, mm-hmm. the nonprofit theaters during this and then also getting involved with NEVA which is the National Independent Venues Association okay. mm-hmm. that was born out of the pandemic okay. so so it was all of these local venue operators getting together and we got together every week on yeah. a phone call on, on yeah. Zoom and just met and you know so you had on the call you had you know you had Liz from Mr. Smalls um, you had the Thunderbird. You had um, um, you had Drusky Entertainment, yeah. who were the yeah, ones yeah, that yeah. were overseeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's where and that's where you'll see like we've got they're bringing Steve Burns doing a benefit oh, for yeah, Mario right Lemieux Foundation, right and we're marketing partners with them on that. Got it. So so those are the relationships that got built out of this. That um, it. that it. It, it gives an opportunity to work with some really great people um, with these different no venues and and you know the Greer is the cultural trust and that's mm-hmm. our land that's one of our that's our landlord mm-hmm. um, but it's an opportunity to get bigger opportunities and more eyeballs seen on no on our talent so you know anytime Drusky has a national headliner and they need a they need an opener 
we've got the talent yeah. we've got the people mm -hmm. that are here that are that are that are being cultivated and, and making those moves to be able to support comedy throughout and there's more opportunity for local talent too yes. to get mm -hmm. the exposure yes i mean that's the that's probably got to be the biggest challenge mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah. I mean, de definitely it is, and and these are the types of things that give exposure. We've we've not just talked about ourselves. We've talked about other local comics that mm -hmm. you know that we're working that we've worked right with. On. There's so many. When you're talking about Nebby Neighbors, you're talking about a cast of nine to twelve, nine, yeah. nine to twelve people, right? Yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. so so there there there's a lot out there, and there's a lot more that we're waiting to come back, and and they then just know that we're here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a big fraternity. It's it, yeah. It's a community. Community. It's a comedy. Com it's a. It is a community. Yeah. It's a. It, and it's a community of people that, um, that really rely on each other. Yeah. Well, my understanding is a tight community too. You know. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. For the most part, it's just like yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you got your bits and pieces of you know things, but yeah. it's um. But yeah, it's it's been great seeing everybody again. Well, mm -hmm. I know one thing for sure. It's great seeing you three. Right on. I, mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate you doing this. You yeah. have a great yeah. idea. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty... I mean, I don't want to I reluctantly give her that because, you know, <laughs> ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Great Thank to meet you, you both. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you both. I'm putting you on the spot, but you please come back and see me again. Just yeah. hit us up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just oh, hit that's me up. definitely that's going to happen. Plenty yeah. of ideas. Yeah, we can have some fun. Plenty of ideas. All right, right, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, thank you. Friends, we're out. Yay. Yay. We did it. Woo. Did an amazing job.